saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Welcome into our 11 a.m. Eastern time, folks. Yes, what is up, everybody? Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, the man himself, D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. Yes, so we are on now an hour earlier, friends. Spread the spread the word to everybody. Let them know. We figured, you know what, Gunner? When people wake up in the morning, yes. let's give them one less hour where they don't have to be tortured not getting us. And yes. you know what? Yes. You're welcome, people. We are now yes. 11A to 2P Eastern for Sports Take. But see, I know I know what you were thinking all weekend. You were thinking, and you got that look on his face like, what the heck is he about to say Where's now? Where's he going now? You, got, you, you were thinking all weekend, I can barely get D-Gun to be on time at noon. There's no way he's going to be on time at 11 a.m. So here's what I thought to myself, you know. <laughs> Number one to throw Rob off a little bit. And number two, to start off on a good foot, Yes, I'm going to make the concerted effort to not only just be on time, to actually be a little bit earlier. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, you were early. Numero uno. Pre-show meeting. Yep. You were early for our show. So you are two for two, my friend, in the new time slot. So congratulations now, to you. Now, now, how long have you known me? 26 years. Okay. So, um, you know, this is only day one. We got a long yes. way to go here. It's only yeah. day one. So. Yeah. So that, that, that in, in 26 years, you've been on time twice. So that's awesome. You, two for two today. That's no, 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 I'm out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, good to be hanging with everybody. It's especially fun on, on an, on a Monday where the Eagles win and think, here's what we have going on. Just think about this. Eagles are 4-0 through yep. almost the quarter pole of the season. Phillies begin playoff action tomorrow. Yep. And the Sixers have their media day today. And shockingly, James Harden's not there. Wait, 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 so, wait, wait. James Harden yes. was not at media day. I, I know. It's hard I to am, believe. I'm shocked. I'm flabbergasted. I'm it perplexed. Is hard to believe. 
It is. It is. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll get into Harden. We'll get into the Phillies later. But as usual, we start with the Eagles here, Gunner. And I see everybody. What's up, Niners? What's up, Scott, Leo, Sween Bowl? Hope ever, Anthony, hope all you, all you guys are doing well. And again, uh, tell, tell your friends, tell your buddies in the chat. You can reach out to them and let them know that we're on an hour earlier. But um, so a lot to get to. Hi, Fitness Rebel. Uh, a lot to get to here, Gunner. Oh, she's on time. Yes, she is. Good for her. Good for her. Um, so here's the thing. There's the age-old debate. That, that we go through a lot of times when you win a game ugly. Um, and the, and I would, I would say yesterday constitutes an ugly win for, for the Eagles, but the age old, the, the old adage is number one, it's really hard to win in that league. Absolutely. Hence, there's only two teams that are still undefeated. Okay. And they're on a collision course. Correct. They are on a collision course. You are, you are dead on with that. So that that's the first part of the equation here, but then there's the people who say, Okay, that's awesome. I'm happy they won, but I'm concerned about when they play the 49ers and they play the Bills and they play the Cowboys and they play the Seahawks. You know, you know the drill. Okay, so there's there's the back and forth. There's the there's the tug of war there that goes on with people. Yes, I I, want to start with this one. Put me in the camp of a win is a win is a win, and it's really hard to win in this league. I know it wasn't a Mona Lisa yesterday but they won the game. Where, which category do you fall into in terms of concern over the way it's looked versus that? To be honest with you, Rob, I've, uh, I've been in an inner struggle uh, since the game. Uh, it concluded yesterday as we discussed on our post-game show here on Jacob Media, and I have not changed one iota today, and I know it's not making a definitive, giving you a definitive answer, but one minute I'm in the category you're in, the next minute I'm in the category – uh, that I that we, I will discuss and, and tell you why. Um, I can't pick one or the other right now because I'm still waiting to see what this team is. Now, I will say this. Let me start by saying this. When you look at what has transpired over four weeks in the National Football League, the trials and tribulations teams have gone through, and there are only two teams still standing that are undefeated. I don't care how you get that W over the L, get it. You know, an ugly win looks awfully pretty in a win column. I don't Mm -hmm. care. But there are certain patterns that this team has gone through over a span of four weeks, except the Tampa Bay game, that if you don't fix these patterns, it will come back to bite you. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. Um, I thought this would be the get-right game. And obviously it's a division game, and Washington plays this team tough. But I saw some of the same patterns that I saw in, in two of the three previous games that have me concerned, but I, I don't want to rain on a win because again, two teams are undefeated. One resides right here in Philadelphia, but there's things to start looking for creaks in the armor that could catch up to them down the road. All right. Let me tell you why I'm okay. I'm okay because in what I've seen the first four games, and I don't think they played, you know, Tampa, they played very well. I don't want to take anything away from that win, but, but I don't know that they've played necessarily their a game across the board yet. Okay. But number one, I, I truly believe that it is a work in progress. You are not going to be, you're not peaking right now, nor do I want them peaking right now. I think that they are growing as a team. That's number one. I, I think the other thing is what I've seen in these games is they can beat you running the ball. Yes. They can beat you throwing the ball like they did yesterday. Yep. They can suffocate your ground game like they have a lot of this season. I thought Robinson ran okay yesterday. He wasn't bad, but it wasn't, but they can, they can, for the most part, I think stuff the run. 
Now the passing game is a different story. Defensive passing game. I'm I'm concerned there, and I'll tell you I'll tell you about talk about that in a minute. But they've shown a variety of different ways to beat you, and that to me is a key. If, if teams taking something away, the Eagles can go to this. If the if the other team is doing this well, the Eagles can take that away from a defensive standpoint. They've gotten very good special teams play. Jake Elliott is money, right? Covey's been a good returner. So I think the special teams has improved. Even though I don't still love Braden Man, the punting game still worries me. But that's that's a far down the line issue. So I think for all of those reasons, I'm okay. Now I'm not blind to the shortcomings and some of the other things. Like I'm I'm worried about some of the injuries. I don't know how you make up for some of this in defensive backfield. Those things concern me. I'm worried about the Jurgens injury. Yeah, we'll get into all that. It's not perfect, but I feel way more good than bad thus far. I do two through four weeks. Yeah. And I agree with everything you're saying. And everything they've accomplished up to this point have been against New England, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Washington. Yep. This is a recipe for stumbling blocks once they hit the meat of that schedule. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, we still have not seen this team level itself out. And here's a concern I have, Rob. Maybe this is what we're going to have to endure for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about this all summer. We don't expect them because it, it is a, revol- a revolving door defense compared to what it was last year because of the new pieces in. We can't expect it to be as dominant as it was in 2022. Mm-hmm. We can't expect this offense to blow people off the map as they did in 2022 because they played a, pl- a plethora of inferior teams. Yep. And because of the offseason, now for four straight games, we've seen and we've heard this team talk about they're getting looks from the opposition they didn't expect or didn't have any film on to look at. The bottom line is they found a way to overcome it in four consecutive games, unlike everybody else in the league except San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But if this is the best of what we're going to see, there are going to be some stumbling blocks along the way. If this is the best we're going to see, they're not winning a Super Bowl. But I don't I don't think it's the best we're going to see. I don't. I, I don't really think, don't. I think this defense is going to take a whole season to really gel because of the youth movement. I think it's going to look different this year, Derek, in that you are going to have to score more points against the good teams because the defense is not as good collectively yes. as it was yes. last year. I think the pass rush can be as good or better, but your secondary is not going to be up. And look, the other thing to take into account yesterday, you're playing without Avante Maddox. You're yep. playing without Nicobe Dean. You're playing without, Sidney Brown and Justin Evans like that. You were missing some significant pieces. And the other thing is, I yep. know we hate doing this. I'll give a tip of the hat to Sam Howell. I thought he did a nice job. And I thought Eric B called a smart game at getting the ball out of his hands yeah. quick. I know yeah. we net, we loathe to do that, but the yeah. other team played pretty well to their credit and did some things. Now there's a lot of stuff. The Eagles need to clean up. There's no doubt about that. And there's no denying that there, there's no there. That's the reason why I jokingly said uh, last week, Thursday or Friday, I wish the Eagles had played Washington last week instead of this week because everything they did wrong, Washington had an entire week to rectify the, 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 the problems on the offensive line. Sam Howell holding the ball too long, seeing Ghost. And sure enough, right out of the gate, you saw a different Sam Howell. The biggest mistake the Eagles did made initially was letting Sam Howell become comfortable right out of the gate. We put a that kid put together a 14 play 75 yard drive that chewed up 708 on the clock. Mm-hmm. That is a huge momentum builder for a team that had just got shredded by a Buffalo defense the week before. And sure enough, 
they went toe-to-toe with this Eagles team. They just didn't have enough to finish. They went toe-to-toe with this team, you know. And kudos, you're right, kudos to Eric Bieniemy for identifying one, two, three, throw. Now, granted, Washington still gave up five sacks in this game. But Sam Howell was not rattled in this game like he was the last game. Sam Howell stood tall in the pocket. If you you had a million dollars, beyond a shadow of a doubt, would you have bet that Sam Howell could walk down the field in a crunch time of a game and throw a dart for a touchdown to pull that team equal? Maybe Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. But Sam Howell against his Eagles defense? No. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Uh, and and look, I, and we'll get more into this. We're going to do negatives and positives, like like we do g- generally on you know day after game. Um, but for the life of me, Derek, I, I'm trying to figure out some of the play calling um, that took place. You know, it's look. Who am I to argue with scoring a touchdown? But with your ability to run the ball, you could have just squeezed the air out of that clock, brought in your money kicker, kick a field goal, and we're not going to overtime. Now, the, the counter that is your defense needs to make a stop and you can't let them score, you know, with no time left. That's fine. Right, but right. you don't even let it get to that if you're Nick Sirianni or Brian Johnson. And some of the play call, like you're, you need 11 yards and you hand it off to Gainwell. And if you're going to run the ball, run it with Swift. Exactly. Don't run it, period. But if you're going to run it, run it with Swift, not Gainwell. I didn't like any of that. Um, I said off the top of our postgame show yesterday, which opened up a great debate. The first thing I said coming out of the gate was, hey, you know, a win's a win. I did not like the fact they scored with a buck 43 left in a the game. They were picking up three and four yards down the field. You could have very easily forced Washington to use their last timeout, got closer and made it a chip shot for Jake Elliott. Now, granted, he's Mr. Automatic this season. He hit a 61-yarder, what, last week? A 54-yarder is a chip shot for him. Yep. So they won the game. But in smarter football, you could have ran all the time off their clock and it would have been like a 30 something yard chip shot for him. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, I believe Jalen Hurts made the, made the, the adjustment at the line of scrimmage. He saw, he saw the one-on-one he had uh, AJ Brown against the rookie Emmanuel Forbes, boom, touchdown. But you gave that team 143 to walk down the clock. And on top of that, a veteran player makes a dumb mistake taunting in the end zone. Terrible. So you short the field, you short the field for him. Okay. Yep. And sure enough of all people, Sam Howell, 10 yards away from the end zone with seconds left in the game. I'm thinking it's over. Yeah. He throws a dart, a great throw to equal to, 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 to put to get this team tied to send it to overtime. Um, I hope this is something that whether it was Jalen Hurts, whether it was Brian Johnson, whether it was Sirianni, you look at that in the future. Don't give the opposition a chance. Didn't you learn that in the Super Bowl against Kansas City? They walked down the field. The running back got close to the end zone. He sat down and run more time off the clock. Boom. Good night. Game over. You got to be smarter than that. You know, same thing last night. Patrick Mahomes, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. Patrick Mahomes could have walked it in for a touchdown. He gets to the two-yard line, sits down. Game over. They preserve a 23-20 win. You know, you, you got to be better than that. You know, you got to be smarter than that. Yeah. Against a better team, you don't do that. No, Just, you don't. You know, and there, there was, a, you're right. There's, a, there's things. That's why I think like people, like I, I see, I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a, uh, okay. So Joseph says this, the Eagles are not close to the team they were last season. We know this. Well, here's the thing. Um, we're, we played four games. They, they play 17. They're not the team they were last year yet. Now we may see, we may have this conversation in week 15 and we may say, not as good as they were last year. And that's fair. But to say it 
now without right. the yet part. Yes. You know, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, anyway. we're only at the quarter pole here. A lot, of, a lot of room for improvement. At the quarter pole, they're 4-0. Yeah. Now, granted, we, we, we agree. We've been agreeing. We've been in – We've been simpatico all summer. We don't expect this team to come anywhere near 70 sacks. We don't. Yeah. You know, that's just not how this team is built right now. Right. But we expect them to be in the top three or four when the quarterback sacks are all tallied up at the end of the season. Yeah. That doesn't make them a worse team. It's a different team. Kansas City's a different team. Look right. at how they have to struggle tooth and nail to win some games. I saw the Jets last night with Zach Wilson. You, you, you know, go. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it's like we have such a, a – a, now I get it. Granted, some of this is just trolls in the chat, but but some of it for Eagles fans, we have we have blinders on sometimes, and we only see what's happening with the Eagles, right? And we don't understand that other teams around the league go through struggles. The other teams around the league are works in progress. Again, it's only the Eagles and 49ers who haven't lost a game this year. That's it. That's and right. You, so I mean, it it takes time to build up to what you are ultimately now. With this Eagles team, there were two things that really that, that if I'm if I'm going to just grab some positives that I take away, the passing game, which hadn't looked itself, looked like it was getting back to great form yesterday. They yeah. were able to throw the yeah. ball very successfully, and Hassan Reddick without the cast on his hand, yes, should have had one and a half in my estimation. But he go he's listed as one sack, but was very active yesterday. So like I think you're seeing things that need to happen happening on a positive note for the most part and yeah there are things they need to clean up but you know th here's one other thing there the, the the i think the myth is that last year they trucked everybody in sight they didn't truck everybody in sight last year there were some games that we sort of forget about because they all kind of run together and i get it me too right but you know they barely survived arizona 20 to 17 yeah yeah. Barely. That was week five. Okay. They yep. barely survived Houston week nine. Yep. 20, it was 29 17, but it was way closer than that. Yep. They, they lost at home to Washington. The next week, they won at Indianapolis 17 16. So my um, point yeah. being, the last drive of the game. Yeah. Yeah. My point being, we think like every game last year was just the Eagles won 34 nothing and everybody's feet were up. And no, it wasn't the case. It's not the way it was. You know, if you if you're evolving and you're trying to figure out exactly what needs to be worked on, and you have no losses up to the point, that's a huge, that's a huge plus to have. Yeah, huge plus to be. I mean, if they were one and three, we'd be screaming murder. You know, yes. if they were two and two, if they were three and one, we'd be screaming murder. But they're winning. They're finding the little ways that will. They're like chameleons. They can adapt to the landscape at any given moment. Right. Not many teams can do that in the National Football League. And until they get, until they iron out some of the rough patches, and if the injuries continue to pile up, I mean, they've had their, their share of injuries. So has everybody else in the National Football League. Yeah. Everybody's limping right now. Right. How do you overcome these things? You have to find ways to overcome them. And the Eagles are only one of two teams that have found a way to maintain this perfection up to this point. Yeah. I mean, I, you're right. And there are some real, you know, pretty serious injuries around the league. I mean, Buffalo lo loses Tredavious White. Uh, you know, the, the, for that kid, man. right. And the Patriots may lose Matthew Judon. Like, and, yeah. and look, the Patriots are in trouble anyway. But, you know, there are teams that are, you know, uh, Pickett's knee is a big question right now. Uh, Herbert hurts his finger. Like, there's a lot going on around the league. And yep. it's just a matter of being lucky to an extent and not having yep. real severe injuries. 
yep. or just being able to, to to get through it, you know, in the in the interim. Like you got to survive games like yesterday when you don't have three, four guys on the defensive side of the ball. You got to survive it. So Opet has got to step in there and play for Jurgens yesterday, and you got to be able to survive it. So yep. there's a lot that goes into it. Keep this in mind too. Washington got their ass handed to them the week before That's by right. Buffalo. Okay. They were going to come in very focused in that game. That this was going to be a game where they want they were embarrassed by the Bills. And I thought they came in very focused and you took your best shot and you still won. That's right. So that's a that's a, a positive in my estimation. Again, I think we only look at not you, but I think we only look at it from an Eagles standpoint. You're talking about a Washington team that, that even though we don't maybe think it, they think they still have a shot at the playoffs and you know they're they're looking yeah. to establish themselves and bounce back. And they played a much cleaner brand of football than they played the week before. Well, think about it. With the way the NFC is right now, just look at the NFC up and down right now. If Washington can play the way it played against the Eagles, they do have a good shot of being in the playoffs this year. Yes. Yep. They really do. With a with a quarterback who only has five games as a starter under his belt and an offensive line that was so suspect a week ago that all of a sudden gelled together yesterday and played a much better game, protecting the quarterback, opening running lanes for the running back. Did you think this Washington team could almost average four yards a carry against his Eagles defense yesterday? No. I didn't. I did not. they found a way. They changed their blocking scheme. They doubled up when they had to on Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. They opened up some lanes for their running backs, Gibson uh, and Robinson, to run through. Yeah, they sustained drive. The reason they were in that game, when you look at their scoring drives, seven oh eight, six plus minutes, seven plus minutes, they were able to get down the field and punch in sevens for the most part, except except threes, and they made the Eagles catch up. Did you think yeah. they would ever put, take a ten point lead on the Eagles? No, I I, no, I didn't expect any of that. No, no, you I know, didn't. I thought the Eagles would the- handle them. I thought this was going to be game. The spread was about nine ish. Depending yeah, on where you shop, yes, yeah. I thought the Eagles would win the game and cover, and so I did not expect it to be that. Yeah, you know, the other thing you have to throw in there too, and again, this goes to, you know, the whole like, when you play NFC East games, they can be very strange sometimes. Weird things happen. It's not. It doesn't always go according to plan. Uh, again, right. last year the Eagles were undefeated through what nine weeks, eight weeks. And they lost at home yep. to Washington. Just weird stuff happens in these games. And, and yesterday was one of those weird days. And I, you know, I, I thought the enemy did a good job. It, you know, the enemy had a bl- bit of a blueprint from the Super Bowl last year when he was Kansas City's offensive coordinator right. about what to do and how to attack. You know, even though the personnel's a little bit different. So, uh, you know, all in all, like to me, it is very hard to win. But this is the time of the schedule where we said they have to win these games. They have to win these games. So far, they're winning these games. There's no, no question about it. You know, um, is is it pretty up and down the board? I mean, yesterday they could have had two more two more turnovers. You know, yeah. Edmonds drops drops the pick, and then of course uh, Robinson gets to the goal line, fumbles in the end zone, and McLaurin dives on in the end zone touchdown. So you know they, they they got a couple of gifts. It's not always going to be as clean as we expected, yeah. as we want to. But the bottom line is, uh. Did you get the win? Did you get the win? That's the bottom line, plain and simple. Did you yep. get the win? They got the win, plain and simple. Yeah, and and look, there's a lot of things that they – here's the thing. If I had heard yesterday from them, hey, man, you know, everything's great. You know, smell the roses. Let's enjoy it. Blah, blah. I didn't hear that from anybody. I heard a lot of them say, 
hey, we're thrilled we got the win. We know there's a lot of work to do. They know it. The Eagles, look, we all set a very high bar, as we should, and we should never compromise that. But And the Eagles did as well. And that bar is, is bam. It, it is right up there, right? And, you know, that they're, they're striving for that. Therefore, anything less is unacceptable. And they are going to continue to strive for that. It's not there yet, but it, it's, it's who is? I mean, if you ask the Chiefs, if you ask even the 49ers who, who you know, won, beat the Cardinals yesterday, okay? And we'll talk about that game a little bit. You think the, car, the, the 49ers are going to tell you tell them, hey, we're fine. Everything's perfect. We don't have anything to no. work on. We're great. No. No, they don't. The Eagles are the same way. Do you think do you, you think Minnesota would, would be happy being flawed yet 4-0? Do you think Jacksonville would love to be flawed instead of, and be 4-0 instead of 2-2? Two two? Yep. There's a whole lot of teams wish they were as flawed as the Eagles. How about the Bengals? Go, 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 go listen the Bengals? to Cincinnati Sports three. Talk. Yeah, go, go listen to that. Burrow's got the fifth worst QB rating in football. <laughs> so, you know, you could be a lot worse off, so, man. You know, I, I, I like the fact the quarterback, the leader of the team, Jalen Hurts, said exactly what we're talking about. You know what? It's not where we want it to be, but we're finding ways to get it done. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. Did you get it done? That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the Eagles tally 100 yards of offense and give up 500 yards of defense and turn the ball over. If they win the game, it's still a pretty win. As mm-hmm. ugly as the 60 minutes of football looks, it's still a pretty win in that column, and you're still at the top of the pyramid and everybody else is looking up at you. Play no yourself. question about it. No question Play about yourself. it. All right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to come back. And uh, by the way, reminder, tomorrow, Sal Palantonio. But uh, we are going to start with the positives uh, when we come back. We'll do that. Then we'll look at some of the negatives. Then we're going to get into games that relate to the Eagles. Uh, NFC East, Giants hosting the Seahawks tonight. Cowboys roll the Patriots yesterday. Rams win on a walk-off touchdown in overtime. Eagles get the Rams next. Could have Cooper Cup coming back. But Matthew Stafford with a hip injury. That could be something to keep your eye on. 49ers, the only other undefeated team. They win. McCaffrey finds the end zone four times yesterday. We'll do that. The entire NFL slate. Phillies, Hunt for Red October. We'll preview the pitching matchups for game one tomorrow. We'll give you birthdays. We'll give you movies. Don't go anywhere. We are going to keep it rolling, and we are going to bring you absolute freaking fire for the rest of the uh, two and a half hours that we have in store. By the way, Gunner, Props to you for the USS Navy uh, hat. I know you guys did the pre and post game show yesterday. Uh, just give us a little set the uh, set the table for us yesterday because that is that is an historic historic place that you were at yesterday. Yeah, you know normally we do our pre and post game shows from Ocean Casino, but we got bumped out because Michael Rubin held a big event at Ocean Casino over the weekend, and some of the some of the names that eh, you might know included Tom Brady. Kevin Hart, Kim Kardashian, Jay-Z, Beyonce. So, obviously, our little old pre- and post-game show got jettisoned out of there real quick. So, we relocated to the USS New Jersey, which is docked in Camden, New Jersey. And and I love history, you know, especially war history. And I walked on it, and I just – it was a surreal feeling because this uh, was like one of the biggest ships built in the naval fleet um, during World War II. Um, it was the, it was the second ship in the U S Navy fleet that was given a name, the USS New Jersey. 
Um, it was used uh, during World War II um, uh, in Okinawa and in um, you know Vietnam. Right. Um, it was uh, in service for the U.S. Navy for like 21 years. It was finally decommissioned in 1991 completely. Rob, if you've ever been on a ship, I've been on the USS Kitty Hawk, which which was docked out in San Diego. And uh, yeah. when when they used to have uh, the bowl, the holiday bowl out there, the San Diego media would always have the the uh, media day for both teams on the USS Kitty Hawk in this big in this big uh, space, which was an aircraft carrier. This ship, mm-hmm. man, you, my goodness! It, oh, during its duration, it housed not at one time, but total over fifty thousand servicemen and women. Um, if you saw the cannons on this thing, it has three cannons on there. It had to be at least 50, 60 feet long. They've done a great job preserving it. Um, when you walk inside through the different hallways, you talk about small, man. It's like, were these guys a bunch of midgets, you know, that were in here? <laughs> well, they, people were smaller back in the day. Yeah. They were. Back in the, day, the average height was like five, six. Right. You know, and if you look at the bed quarters on these, on these chips, man, they were like maybe five feet wide. So, and obviously, yeah. they didn't spend a lot of time sleeping because they, they had to be constantly on watch. Right. But it was just a phenomenal feeling to be on that ship on a beautiful day. Right. What a cool. perfect day. We had the downtown skyline behind us. Um, and then the uh, guys who were retired military guys, uh, we got to meet a lot of them. And it was just a blessing to meet some of these guys that served. And they gave us these hats, man. And I wear this hat proudly. My dad served in the U.S. Army. He was in the Korean War. My dad was a demolition expert. They would dig up mines and stuff. But... Uh, you know, and I, and I say this all the time, you know, I have the utmost respect for the men and women uh, who are the shield of our country, yep. who put their lives on the line every day, who allow us to sleep, sleep peacefully at night uh, to give us the freedom to do what we do every day. Um, because once, you know, you don't know when you when you're specially called to go to war, you know, you don't know if you're coming home. And True. and there are a lot of people that make these commitments, not just for a three or four year stint, but for a career. And uh, my hat's off to you, and I have the utmost respect for you uh, because of what you do for the rest of us. Well said. Amen. Yeah. I, I echo those sentiments. Good stuff, yeah. Gunner. Appreciate it, man. All right, let, let's get a quickie in here. We'll come back. We'll hit the positives of what's going on with the birds, not only yesterday, but from a seasonal standpoint. We'll do all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. And I know Gunner and the crew got treated to Bravo Pizza of Havertown uh, yesterday. Not only the wings, the the pizza, all the great uh, food that they have there. I, I'm in there each and every week. I was in there Friday, in fact. Um, Bravo Pizza is absolutely spectacular. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. You don't stick around that long for no reason, okay? Just an unbelievable lineup, 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I get the grandma upside down. That's the way I like it. But they do the you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza your way. You're not up for pizza. That's fine. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, all across the board. Every box checked for everybody in the family. Uh, And they're also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810. That's 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Take a look for yourself. I remember getting my heart broken 
when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Football Monday. Welcome in, everybody. If you're just hopping on and you just found out, yes, we are on earlier now. We are on 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern. 11 to 2. That will be our slot. It's not just today. Uh, that will be each and every day. So we're still ge- bringing you three hours of power. We're just pushing it up one hour here. So we uh, we are having fun in our new time slot. And again, that will be every day. Set your set your alarms, Gunner. Set your notifications and uh, tell a friend. Hey, tell I, a friend. I got to throw something in. You you as always uh, your first break. You you give kudos 
to Bravo Pizza, and, and rightfully so. So yesterday, Bravo Pizza just uh, provided the food for us for a pre pre and post game, for a pre game um, show. And so, a guy named Alessandro comes up to me, goes, "Gunner, finally glad to meet you." And I'm sitting there going, "Who the heck is this guy?" Because he didn't say from Bravo Pizza right uh-huh. away. And he goes, "Yeah, I brought you guys the food today." And I'm like, "Okay." And you know, and he said, and I'm he's talking, he's talking I'm like, "Who the heck is this?" Right. It wasn't until he said Bravo Pizza. Um, that I finally put two and two together, but see, I've never heard you call him Alessandro. So I'm like, did I, yeah, he goes by Alex, but yeah, that's the, that's his formal name. Yeah. Alessandro. Yeah. So he brings in him and his crew bring in the, um, general souls wings and they bring in traditional wings and they brought in different variations of their pizzas. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, me, I got to try a little of everything. So, Uh and he's trying to get me to try your favorite, which is the upside down pizza. Yes. So, I get three of the uh, General Souls wings. I get three of the traditional. And then I see his thin crust pepperoni pizza, and that's a slam dunk. Uh-huh. After, after I get the pepperoni pizza, I'm stuffed. So I never tried the upside-down pizza, but okay. everything else that I tried from Bravo's was perfect. So Good. what Good. you've been saying from day one is I true. don't lie. Yeah, I don't lie to the people. I would not – look, for real. I wouldn't endorse something. Everything I endorse here on the show, I, I either partake in, you know, like Bravo – Yes. Uh, or Jim Murray, who I'm going to tell you about in a little bit. I I, I have invested with Jim. Uh, it's it's real. I've, I've I've you know used Pro Action Restoration. I used Razor Technology, who's one of our old sponsors. I use Flint Research. Like it's, I don't BS you. So I, I I'm glad you got a you got a uh, an ex- you know an opportunity to uh, to take it all in, Gunner. All right, go, uh, a couple of things. Let, let's look at the positive. Wait, 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 you go there at least a couple of times a week, and you're like, how tall are you? Like five ten, a buck seventy, sixty five bucks seventy. 60. Yeah, buck 60. How in the world are you so thin? A luck, pure and luck. You go there twice a week at least. It's pure luck. It is. It's just it's genetics, you know, I you know, it's just luck. That's all it is. And a lot of pickleball. So there you go. A lot of pickleball. Are you in the, are you in the seniors league yet? No? <laughs> Not yet. No, no. I feel like a senior after yesterday. I played. I'm I'm my legs are feeling it, my friend. Oh, oh man. Father time is undefeated. All right. Uh, let me give you a couple positives here. For starters, this is the seventh time in club history that the Eagles have gone four and zero. Okay, and two of those times, Derek Gunn, yeah. they went to the Super Bowl. Yep. So 54, 81, 92, 93. Now two thousand four, they got there and lost. Twenty twenty two, they got there and lost. Okay, so seventh time in club history. Two other times went to the Super Bowl. Yep. Perhaps more impressive than that is this one. They're the first team to lose a Super Bowl the year before and begin yep. 4-0 since the 1998 Packers. That's a very impressive stat because all yep. we talked about was Super Bowl hangover. How it's Absolutely. so hard for these teams to climb back to the mountaintop, get off to a good start. They dig themselves holes, blah, blah, blah. Well, they haven't dug themselves a hole it hasn't been perfect but they're winning they have the dna to win games when when you when you come off a super bowl appearance next season every game is a heavyweight fight there's no there's no welterweight fights there are no lightweight fights every fight as we've seen through four games every fight is a heavyweight fight and the eagles have found a way through four rounds to deliver knockout blows in every game that tells you that this team that has told us 
all spring and all summer long that we will not be, we will not fall into the trap of Super Bowl hangover. They have lived up to, uh, up to it to this point. You know, is the complexion of the team different? Yes, it is. Coaching and personnel, especially on defense. Is the opponent's schedule a lot tougher? Yes, it is. But the schedule is set up that they can, they can navigate their way through the first quarter plus of the season, make mistakes, and still come out smelling like a rose on the other side. That is huge. Because even Kansas City stumbled one game, and it was a one-point loss to Detroit, but even Kansas City has stumbled. And Kansas City has struggled with opponents. I mean, when it, when you put it in the pecking order, of who is the biggest game on everybody's schedule? It's Kansas City, then the Eagles. Those two were the f- two finalists last year. And yep. Kansas City, you know, on a fluke play, cost them one game. But three out of four times, Kansas City has navigated way, and that's, except for Chicago. That was like a practice game. You play Chicago, it's like playing a practice they're, game. They're, they're an embarrassment. They're embarrassment. We'll, we'll get to them later. Yeah, we'll get to them later. Yes. Um, but but you have to, you know, you have to be mentally to now for the guys who are holdovers, you have the DNA and the blueprint of how to navigate this mentally, emotionally, and physically. Yeah. The newcomers are just happy to be a part of a team that is considered one of the best teams in the National Football League with a chance to get back to the Super Bowl. So they automatically jump on board. Yeah. But this veteran nucleus on this team thoroughly understands, you know, think about it. Some of the guys are still here from 17. They know what it took, and it was the worst situation because you lost a lot of frontline players in yes. 17, and you're still able to hoist that trophy. And those having, guys- having the experience of those vets, Derek, from that 17 team and also having so many guys have that taste, that bad taste in their mouth of walking off that field in Phoenix with the red confetti coming down on them is an ultimate motivator, man. You know, And you have a quarterback who is as focused as anybody you know, in the league. To, to go with the veterans, to go with the young guys, to go with a winning culture that came here from Georgia with these guys yes. who have won national championships. You got a lot of winners there. So they know no how question. to win. No question. Yeah. So, you all know, right. They, couple, speaking of that, Hertz is yeah. 21 and one in his last yep. 22 regular season starts. Yep. Sirianni's 27 and 11 career record. It's a 7 11 winning percentage. You Absolutely. know, like, this again, it goes back to they figure it out somehow, some way. Um, it, it starts with the coaching staff const- constantly emphasizing we are here to work, we don't have time for the little nonsense. They do a very good job in house of policing their own. Any little thing that could be a distraction, they get rid of, take care of in a hurry. You don't hear about a lot of outside stuff, you know, the stuff that happened with, with AJ Brown, you know, that that's a rarity. You know, that, that's a straight-up rarity. But there's no issue. There's um, nothing lingering. Those two are yucking it up on the sideline yesterday and talking to each other. Absolutely. You know? you know, it's like we said, yes, you know, last week. You know, we saw two best friends having a disagreement. It's like fighting with your brother. You know, you have disagreements with your bro- brother. You may even swing at your brother, but the bottom line is he's still your brother, and you're going to be there for him no matter what. And that's the way those two are. You know, and, and you know, it was it was, it was was exposed. It was dealt with. It was squashed. You move on. This team is very good about not allowing outside distractions to interfere with their overall mission. They get refocused right away. It starts with the coaching staff. It trickles down to the decorated veteran presence. When you think about the likes of Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, they are highly decorated players. They have won a ring. They are are pro bowlers, and a few of them are all pros. 
So when everybody else comes to this organization, you look to what's the first thing you do? You look to the leadership. If the leadership sets a a bad or inconsistent uh, vibe, that's what you're going to have in your locker room. But when these guys walk in, there is a certain level of professionalism, respectability, and accountability that is not requested, but is demanded to be in this locker room. And how many years have we heard Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman tell us they are always looking for high-character guys? Now, you're looking at Jalen Carter. He had off-the-field issues at college. Right. Hasn't been a problem since he's been here, has he? No. Very no. humble, yep. apologetic, very focused. Mm-hmm. So what's expected? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's couple couple things. Just actual game stuff now. Hurts twenty five of thirty seven, three hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns. Did not have a pick. Uh, a one twelve point three passer rating. They sacked him three times. The best he's looked by far throwing the football. I, I don't think it's even close yep. um, to any of the previous three games. So to to get that clicking. Um, yesterday I thought was big because we really hadn't seen it. Now we know that that's there as well. On top of that, the connection with A.J. Brown, nine catches, 175 yards, almost 20 yards per per catch, two touchdowns. And it's not like Devontae Smith just disappeared yesterday. Seven catches, 78 yards. That's more than 11 yards per catch. They are such a dynamic duo, and it's such a good one-two punch on the outside for them. It is unbelievable. Um, you know, the, the, the first touchdown catch for A.J. Brown, Gunner, he is so brilliant at, at run after catch and utilizing his blockers, just weaving his way into the end zone, man. It was it was a work of art on that first one that he had. Um, You know what? The receivers who hustled downfield to open lanes for him was a thing of beauty. You saw Zacchaeus sprinting down the field. Um, you saw the people hustling down the field to open lanes for him, and A.J. followed it to perfection. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, I've been waiting for a breakout game like this from, from A.J. for you know for a while now, and, and he's going to have more. Um, but again, I think it's going to be more up and down this year because of who he is and what he accomplished last year. And that's why I still say I don't know if he'll get close to 1,500, but if he gets to 12 or 1,300, it's still an outstanding year. For a wide receiver, that's a big money year for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But the dude is so strong. Not only does he have that burst, he's so strong. You don't arm tackle an AJ Brown, man. You know, yeah. there are a lot of receivers. You grab them by a thigh pad, they're going down to preserve their body. Not this him. dude's looking to make tackles and keep legs churning, man. You know, um, I love watching him when he does that quick slant route over the middle, and he's he's not looking to go down. He's looking for a seam to get extra yards. He's trying to inflict punishment as well as he knows he's going to take some punishment as well. Yeah. Um, I watch A.J. Brown all day when he gets his hands on the football. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's like a running back, you know, with size-wise and the ability to read things. And, look, he was – he was minus the – which we'll get into the, the the taunting penalty. He had a phenomenal day, that's for sure. Um, now, I, I thought – I thought DeAndre Swift was good – and particularly late, Derek, impactful. It's not a game where you're going to look at the stats and be blown away. It just wasn't one of those kind of games. 14 rushes, 56 yards. Four yards per carry is okay. Four catches, 23 yards. Not bad. But when you needed him in some big spots, he did come up big for you, whether it was the last drive, which ends up getting you you know, the field goal, whether it was the drive, you know, a couple drives previously in the fourth quarter, you know, a couple swing passes to him. He came up big for you. 
Um, and that's what I expect out of him. He doesn't have to have uh, gargantuan numbers every game, but he is such he he can be so effective in a dual role. He may only get nine or ten carries in a game, but if he's picking up a first down, if he's stretching the field, if he's running off a thirty-yard run or catching on a wheel route, uh, on that one wheel route, he had the he had the uh, linebacker dead to rights, and it turned out being a pass interference because the ball was underthrown a little bit. Um, no, no, the ball was overthrown, but because the linebacker grabbed him, once he made that hesitation move and took off, boom, he was dead to rights. And it, the ball would have been perfectly thrown by Hertz had he been able to run under it. But that's what you're going to get from a DeAndre Swift every game. He doesn't have to be a 25-30. I don't want to see him carrying the ball 25, 30 times a game. Yeah. I don't. That's when you're going to put him in harm's way. But if you can keep that number down to an effective anywhere from 15 to 20 touches, not just carries, but 20 touches a game, he is going to be lethal for you, especially if your ground game with Gainwell or with Boston Scott, if your ground game is chewing them up four or five yards to carry and your defenders got their hands on a knee, you bring, you bring in this quick burst of energy, boom, you got them right where you want them. All right, now let's give some love on the other side of the ball. Nicholas Morrow didn't make this team out of camp. In fact, <laughs> was was released. He comes back. He signs with the practice squad. He kind of probably swallows some pride, whatever. Um, some injuries occur. He gets an opportunity. Three sacks yesterday, Derek. Three sacks, 11 tackles. Go Take it a step further. Throw Zach Cunningham in there. Zach Cunningham's on the street, yep. and the Eagles sign him. Yep. And he goes for 13 tackles yesterday. Both of your linebackers have really stepped up. A, you just needed it. B, I think this could help if N'Kobe Dean's not all the way back when it is his time to come off the, the injured list. Maybe you don't have to rush him back because these guys are playing pretty solid football for you. I, I love the fact that the Eagles really don't have a true inside backer on the roster. You've asked these guys to adjust in the last two games in particular. They have really uh, made a name for themselves in terms of coming up, stuffing running plays, defending pass plays, making big plays. And Morrow yesterday, um, a big sack. I mean, it's, I mean, three big sacks. This guy went from coming here with no guaranteed money, penciled in as a starter, slowly working his way down the depth chart through training camp and preseason to the point where he's cut and re-signed to a practice squad to stepping in and, and playing the way he is now. That's that, that you talk about the Eagles finding, um, you know, an, an uncom, un, uncovered gem for them in, in a very crucial situation, especially with Dean being down. Can't say enough about the way those two linebackers have played the last couple of games. Please just stay healthy, man. With the way players are dropping like flies across the National Football League, and I'm talking about devastating injuries. I'm not even talking about injuries where you're out two to three week, right. uh, weeks. As you mentioned off the top of the show, look at how many prominent players are gone every week for the rest of the season. You know, we saw it again yesterday. And we're going to see it across the league again this week and the next week and the next week. I'm just hoping the Eagles come close to doing what they did last year in terms of keep, keeping bodies healthier than most teams in the league. Yeah. Um, the other one I'll throw in there, he maybe didn't have his, you know, biggest game yesterday, but um, Jalen Carter's second in defensive tackle pressures in the league, only behind Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yep. So he, he's making his presence felt, which is helping those linebackers eat. You know, when, when those guys, especially in the interior, and I thought Fletcher had an excellent game uh, again yesterday, but when those guys are doing their thing inside, it, it allows those linebackers to not have people all over them and be able to roam and make plays. So they both made plays yesterday, but you know, one hand, what, you know, you 
watches the other one, one scratch each other's backs, whatever yeah. bad analogy you want to use there. Um, but what I also like too, Derek is Reddick makes his presence felt um, yesterday, which was really, really big. I think just psychologically having the cast off probably helped the guy um, yesterday. He probably, like I said, could have had one and a half sacks, but he was as active as I've seen him all season. Well, it is, he was playing one-handed, and you know that had to affect him. Now he's getting back to uh, the Hassan Reddick we expect him to see. And you know, first game with that cast off his hand, he gets one sack, and more are going to come. Will he get 16 sacks? And eh, that remains to be seen because I guarantee you they're blocking him differently this year than they did last year. Also, that's to be expected, you know, to try to neutralize him. You know, Josh Sweat really hasn't um, opened up. You know, Eagle Empire, thank you, brother. Uh, I appreciate and I respect you, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Eagle, Eagle nice Empire. Hat, appreciate nice you. Gun. I'm a naval vet. You know, yeah. respect you, brother. Thank you know, you. anybody who serves for our country, I have a lot of respect, the utmost respect for. Um, but but they're gonna they're gonna attack. We expect this offensively, defensively. Every opponent is going to attack this team in a different manner, and it's understandable mm-hmm. because let's face it, in a copycat league, if you see one team have a measure of success, you're going to take what you do and try to implement some of the things that you saw the, op- the that a, a predecessor do. Yep. To, to, and, and then because that dominant team doesn't have the necessary film, you have to adjust on the fly to a combatant and try to defeat it. The yeah. Eagles have been able to do that up to this point as well as anybody in a national f- football league. Only again, you know, how many, how many teams are still undefeated Two, and they're on a collision course to meet later this season. Yep. You know, um, so give the team credit where credit is due. Now we are not just fans here. We, we, we are here to critique everything we see also. Yeah. So even with the good, there is some bad. There is some concern that sure. we have to talk about. Or we're not doing our jobs. It's no. not that we're being downers. You know, people, oh, they're being negative and they won. What? No, we're not. We're looking at little things that we want to see them correct because if they don't correct them somewhere, it's going to catch up to them. Look, here's what you get with us. And, and I'm, I, I don't want to speak for you, Derek. So if you disagree with anything I said, please hop in. But we aren't fanboys where we're waving pom-poms, where we're looking at things blindly you know, with, with Eagle colored glasses on, but we're also not, we're not trolls. And then we're not going to come on here and tell you Jalen hurts sucked yesterday when Jalen hurts played his best game of the season. We're going to keep it real both sides. We're going to praise where praise is due. And we're going to be critical where that kind of analysis is due. Hence the reason we're doing two segments here of game breakdown, positives and negatives. That's the way we roll. That's the way we're always going to roll. So you know, for, for whatever it's worth, we got, we've gone far too long without giving Jake Elliott some love here, Gunner. So four for four yesterday with this guy, yeah. game winning field goal, 54 yards, not exactly a chip shot. How about yesterday? He goes 41, 47, 36, 54. These were not easy kicks, man. And yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to ever take it for granted what this guy does because I see a lot of bad kicking around that <laughs> around the football league. And oh, this guy goodness. Stellar, he really is. He is a stellar kicker. Let me let me ask you something. Let me ask something because uh, post game show, um, either in the middle or the latter part of the show, we debate who our player of the game was yesterday. So I will ask you because we didn't discuss this in a show meeting, and I did this deliberately because I want uh, an impromptu answer from you. I didn't want you to have time to think about this. Okay. Um, look at everything that happened in the game yesterday for the Eagles. Who's your player of the game? Jake Elliott. 
That's who I said. Now that's twelve points one, right there. One point. One person I said. One person said AJ Brown. I can't argue against it. That man had a big day yesterday. Yep. Um, one person said Nicholas Morrow had three sacks. I can't argue against that either. Take nothing away. But when, when it was my turn, when it was my turn, I did not hesitate. I said it was Jake Elliott because yeah. sixty-one yarder. What was it last week or two weeks ago? Yes. And he kicked that sixty-one yeah. yarder. It was, and he uh, comes back. Yeah. He ago. comes back. That, so he comes back in the clutch. How many people have we seen miss a 40 yarder, 44 yarder? This man nails a 54 yarder in overtime right down the pike. The, the Eagles offense didn't hesitate to bring him out on the field. That's how much respect they have for him. That's how much um, they, they are assured that 99% of the time he's going to be straight money. That's a lot of praise. You know, we always joke about, hey, kickers don't practice. You know, kickers don't go through the sten- uh, the, 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 the strenuous rigors. They're off to the oh, side and they're doing their oh. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, st- they're standing under the goalpost <clears throat> with the punters when most of the other guys are practicing. Yeah. When the number's call, you better be able to separate yourself from the rest of the National Football League. I would say if you asked how many money kickers there are in the NFL, I would say – there's maybe three kickers, including Jake Elliott, that I would yeah, put yeah. my money on to deliver. You have Justin yeah. Tucker. No doubt, you know, Justin Tucker. Jake yeah, Elliott, yeah. maybe one yeah. or two others. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's like – I agree with you. Dude. Look, I agree. Look, I think you could argue Elliott, Morrow, Hertz, Brown. Um, yeah, I'd probably say those guys. I think you, you could make a case for, for really four guys, a real strong case for four guys. So I'm give Elliott some love. I think you know what I will say this too, Derek. Just sort of, yep. even though I didn't love Braden Mann, his first couple of punts, but I think the special teams in general has looked better. Uh, Elliot's right. always been money, but I Covey, agree. Covey, you know, three punt returns yesterday, thirty-eight yards. He had a twenty-yarder. Covey's having a real good year now. Unfortunately, he is in, according to Jeff McLean, uh, concussion protocol. Yep. So yep. that's concerning, obviously, you know, with, with that. But he's he's had a real nice year for them so far. And I think Michael Clay's unit, ha, ha, that, that unit has looked better. They've looked better than they looked certainly last year oh. as a collective. I, I would say they look better. So that, yeah. that is a positive. In, uh, terms of, in terms of coverage, in terms of Covey, um, I think Covey's averaging, what, like 9, 11 yards per return, which is yeah. you know near the top in the NFL this year. You know what, I, and I like what Covey said, and, and I'm paraphrasing it, but I saw Covey came out last week and said, "I know a lot of people, you know, um, you know, make fun of me, uh, you know, and 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 putting my body in harm's way." He said, "But I will never stop trying, you know, I will never stop trying uh, and stuff." I said, "You know what? He's handling it perfectly, so he knows. You know, he probably heard you talking about him, calling him Crash Covey." I never said anything negative about oh, it. Oh, man, is your nose growing as you as you say these words? Honest to God. I mean, you, you're you going to take it. It's like, oh, you are, you are, man. No wonder your eyes are brown because you are full of it, man. Okay. And, and you know what's funny? You mentioned Brave Man yesterday. Did you see when I tweeted after you I saw, and then I started getting all, everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, bring back Sippos. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I start getting the deluge of everybody reacting off of you doing that. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> all right, oh. so we'll we'll come back uh, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll like we said, we you know, we're going to give you both sides of this thing. So we just gave you 
the good, and obviously the big thing is 4-0. I mean, that it, it, it begins and ends there. But we're also going to look at things that we didn't like yesterday. And there hey, were, Brock, there were things. Way, real yeah. quick, um, just to confirm, South Powell confer- confirmed. South Powell will be with us at noon tomorrow in our new time slot. He, yep. was, he was supposed to be with us at 2 o'clock, yep. and we forgot, we forgot about the time adjustment. So South Powell will be joining us. At noon tomorrow. Perfect. And again, just uh, based off you saying, oh, man, what's Gunner talking about? So we're every day now, we are 11A to 2P. We just adjusted it an hour forward. That's yeah. all. And, and this will be every day, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. as opposed to 12 to 3. So <laughs> for those, for all our friends who are just hopping on, like Tina, I, I got you. I, I, you know, we're, we're now 11 o'clock. We'll keep it rolling. We're still talking Eagles. You're not going to miss anything. But every day now. Let's let's again set your alerts on the phone the whole nine. We're going to be eleven o'clock instead of twelve o'clock, so we'll hey, get that done. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Tina, Tina, uh, that's a fifty dollar fine um, for being late. You can donate it to the Help D Gun Move the Southern California Foundation. Thank you very much. Don't help and, him, Tina. And no. then uh, Eric Winter says, "What's going on, cousin D Gun and White Chocolate Rob?" <laughs> <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Yes, oh, White Chocolate. Oh White man. Chocolate. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah, me you and Jason wild, man. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep it rolling when we get back. And, and again, we'll we'll dig into some things that need to be corrected as they advance forward. And by the way, Gunner, if Stafford's healthy, this game this week wow. is not going to be nearly as easy as yeah. a lot of people no. think against the Rams. Sean McVay yeah. is coaching his butt off this year with that squad. So we'll talk about it. Let me, um, let me tell you something. Rams got a couple of young receivers that are going to be dealt with. Yo, Tina, what's up with this? I'll bring 50 to the next Eagle game. Come sit in traffic to get it. <laughs> you you just mail it. Mail it to my P.O. box. Yeah. I ain't coming nowhere near traffic. Tell you that now. Oh, my yeah. God. Yes. But you know what? No, you're right. Uh, I'm deviating, man. It's Monday, man. I'm in a good mood. Man. Look, sure. Rob, I'm all over the place today, bro. I'm just going to let That's you That's the way know. we should be. We should be that way every day. We're not digging ditches, man. We're not up on a roof. No question about it. We're having fun. We're talking sports, and we're. No and I'm hanging out with my boy Rob. I've known we've 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 been family for 26 years. You know, I never thought you and I would be able to do a show together. You were producing at yeah. NBC, uh, Michael Bargan's show, and I was yep. doing what I was doing. And you know, and then of course we went our separate ways and stuff. I never thought, you know, I've enjoyed this thoroughly, and I'm not just saying this because you're Me here. Too. I've always had the utmost respect for what you do, your knowledge of Philadelphia sports history, um, and you know, you're like the. You're like the adult to my kid in this format. See? Oh boy! Oh man, I don't know about that, but I appreciate. it. Look, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't you uh, that I had the option to do the show with. I will tell you that because I I love doing the show with you, man. Like you well, and Tone, and I love all of our friends who hang out with us on a daily basis. You absolutely. are appreciated. You are appreciated. All right, we'll get a quickie in here, and we will come back, and we'll look at the things through a very you know. Uh, discerning prism here of what's going on with the birds. So we'll get into that. When we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, sports take 11 to two every single day. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because look, knowing who to trust with your finances is critical. You work too hard. You work way too hard to not invest your money the right way and with the right people. Okay. I went through it for a long time. I had a hard time finding the right person, hard, hard time finding the person that I could just ask questions to and get a hold of them on the phone or via email. And that's another great thing about Jim. He is a sounding board. He's an awesome sounding board. So I can tell you from personal experience that it took me a long time. I don't want you to have to go through that. Uh, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. And for you, it could be retirement planning, 
401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business. You're trying to get employee benefits off the ground. It's another resource that Jim can help you with. Simply give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome back. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Eagles Monday. So if you're just tuning in, you're saying to yourself, wait, what the heck's going on here, man? Uh, I thought these guys were just starting the show. No, we pushed it back an hour. We're now on 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, for everybody. And uh, just to let you know, we'll, we'll, we'll still be giving the same kind of content. All right, so the Eagles win, Derek, uh, 34-31 in overtime. But it wasn't always, you know, all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. So uh, a couple things that stood out to me that I noticed you know, in game. And then after looking at the stats afterwards. So number one, 
11 penalties for 80 yards. Now, I did not think it was a well-officiated game. Let me just say that before I get into this. And I thought there were a couple of really questionable calls. The hold on Bradbury I thought was questionable. The pass interference on Slay was questionable. Uh, Edmonds, I mean, it's debatable whether the guy was too far out of bounds to hit him, whatever. But nonetheless, 11's a lot for 80 yards. So that – they got that's got to be and that's just that's discipline. That's just being smarter about things. It'll be cleaned up. It'll be cleaned up. Every team, every, every even good teams go through that. You know, you have the yeah. games where you have five or six, and all of a sudden, you know what? I think it's attributed to it's a divisional rival game. You have to have character a little bit because it's more of a jaw jacking game because it's within a division. You know, somebody takes a little extra shot at you, you're gonna get a little extra shot back at them. Yeah. Somebody does a little something. You want to do a little something to give him. You know what? The last guy is always the guy that gets caught with his hand in a cookie jar. You know, so those things happen. You know, the the, the, the penalty where Dickerson lined up outside on the tush push, or the brother, you want to call it, you know, you know, and you look at it, okay, maybe he was half a step up, further up the line of scrimmage than he should have been. Those are minor adjustments, but those little things can become glaring things if you don't address them. And Nick Sirianni and those guys, they'll, they'll address that. You know, this yeah. is not a this is not like some teams that average 10, 11 penalties a game, as we see in the National Football League. They'll get it right. And that's not to say they may have another game. You know what? When they play teams like 49ers, Dallas, I expect them the penalties to be up more so. You know, the, the pushing and the shoving will be will intensify. The jaw jacking will intensify. And especially if one team's getting the advantage of the other team, it's gonna happen. It's just the nature of the business. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with some of that. I don't the, – the the taunting thing by A.J. Brown was just dumb. It leads to bad field position on the kickoff, which it, it turns into a non-touchback, and I think the commanders took it out to like the 36 or whatever. I mean, that that hurts you. You know, they, they probably don't score there if you don't do those kind of things. So certain things have to right. be cleaned up. You're right. Now, third down, four, four for 12. That ain't gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. You got to be better on third yeah. down than they were yesterday, and that that's been an issue in general. I'll take it a step further. Red zone scoring, they have to be better as a team this year. They're not as effective. Yes. They were incredible last year in the red zone. They haven't been that team this year so far. Um, and again, these that's what you just categorized is 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 some of the little things that are constantly being worked on and perfected. You know, this this is a team that um, I can't emphasize enough. You know, they're not playing. And, and we were spoiled. A year ago, we were spoiled. It was like everything was a perfect storm for this team last year. This mm-hmm. is a team that's going through. And it's, I don't want to use the term growing pains. It's growing pains if you're losing more than you're winning. This team is winning. It, it's a growth. Gro- let's put it, call it a growth spurt, you know, with new coaches <laughs> like on both sides of the ball growth spurt new coaches on both sides of the ball new players definitely on defensive side there are things that are going to have to be worked out in a defensive passing game better communication in scheming it drives me nuts here's the side playing seven yards you got two pro bowl corners and you're going to play seven yards off these receivers mm-hmm. you know you're you're asking them to stay in games when you do that you can't just play that's why when i look at some of these other teams like the buffaloes the kansas cities uh, they're going to come up the 49ers. They're going to come up and they're going to they're going to play bump and run. They're going to play yeah. cut, clutch and grab. You got to do a better job of mixing it up. Man. You can't mm-hmm. make it that obvious that you're going to give these cushions. You can't. Mm-hmm. I understand you're trying to keep everything in front of you, but you cannot continuously do this. 
teams are too smart. They figure out schemes and, and ways to attack you. you. You have to do a better job of mixing it up. Yeah, I, I think too. And then you go to the other side of the ball. Uh, there were a couple instances I thought yesterday. Look, some of this is just breakdowns b- because you're young and inexperienced and, and it happens. And we saw a couple breakdowns yesterday where guys weren't in the same zip code, uh, you know, defensively. Yeah, right. I think the other thing is there were a couple couple of stick defensive issues that, you know, they they I would like to see them be a little bit more aggressive. Some of that is is an organizational belief that you don't give up the big play. McLaren played well, you know. I mean, look, the other part of this is right. I mean, great receivers are going to get theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Evans is going to get his. Uh, McLaurin's going to get his. And he was, you know, eight for eight, eight catches, 86 yards, more than more than 10 yards per catch. Um, I thought he played well. I thought, again, the game plan of getting the ball out of Hal's hands quickly worked 29 to 41, 290. He didn't turn it over. Um, nope. You know, Eric B. Enemy's a good schemer, he's a good coordinator he's a guy who's yeah. going to put together a good game plan and he did the, Washington is still a few pieces away from being a better team a consistently winning team but you, it starts with coaching and you got one of the most respected play callers in the game in the enemy there he's working at a deficit right now he's working with a young quarterback who uh, before yesterday only had four starts in his entire professional career yeah. And he took a beating the week, the previous week, but he learned from it. You're working with an offensive line that has some issues. An offensive line that was like a picket fence the week before. I thought even though they play, gave up five sacks yesterday, they played a much better game against what I thought would be a dominant Eagles front performance. They gave this Eagles defensive front fits. They were able to open up holes in the running game that nobody else this season Eagles have faced have been able to do. This Washington team with a porous offensive line changed its blocking scheme and was able to open up running backs for uh, uh, Gibson and uh, uh, Brian Robinson, you know, and that helped that helped the Washington commanders significantly sustain a number of drives that were able to keep them in, in the game. I agree. I, look, I agree. And, and uh, so a couple other things to look at. This is puzzling to me, Derek. I'll be honest with you. Like this far in, I, I get it. Week one, week two, week three. They can't figure out how to utilize Dallas Goddard. I don't so, yeah, get it. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. So, so two catches, Derek, two catches for 25 yards. Let's take it a step further for the season. I know it's only four games, but still. So through four games this year, he's got 13 catches for 88 yards. That's yeah. 6.8 yards per catch. He's been targeted 19 times. This is... While he's not Travis Kelsey, this is a top 10 tight end in the NFL. Top 10. There needs to be more of this. All right, top five, fine. You need more of of him. I figure this out, Brian Johnson. If you remember, remember uh, last week or the week before I gave you projections for certain people. We went through Jalen, AJ Devontae, and of course Goddard. My projections then were basically he would have less than 450 receiving yards, and we're like, Ain't no way. Yeah. But look at what he has. He doesn't even have a hundred total receiving yards through four games. Nope. And and I'm thinking, what is now he made a spectacular catch yesterday with a defender draped all over him. He did. That was a very tough catch. I agree. That's the Dallas Goddard I expect to see more of, but for whatever reason, they're not getting him the ball. Now we understand in certain offensive schemes, it goes secular, you know. Um, you may go four or five times. It's AJ, 
it might be Devontae. It might be Swift. And Dallas has the way this turn. But in an offense structured like this, the tight end is always a prominent safety valve in your offense. Yeah. And look at how many times we've had to watch Jalen through four games now pat the ball, take unnecessary sacks because nobody's open. Your safety your safety valves are always the running backs and the tight end. He's missed Goddard on a number of occasions wide open, and he's not even throwing to him in yeah. check-down situations, and I don't get it one bit. I nope, don't get that, it. That you are – I know they have a lot of other weapons, okay, but you're not utilizing someone who can really, really help make this offense better. So that – they got to figure that part out. Uh, let's go back to the time management at the end of the game. Um, wow, geez. So you're you're driving at, at, at the end of regulation, buck 30, whatever it was, 38 left or whatever. Um, you, you're clearly moving the ball. You're already in essentially field goal position. Yep, yep. And you have Jake Elliott, who you don't fear bringing out there for a big kick. And your running game, when you want to, can be very, very effective for you. Yep. Now, it's hard to really argue against throwing a touchdown pass. You put a lot of pressure on the other team. They're going to have to go all the way down the field and score, all that. I get it. I would have preferred they ran the ball there, Derek. Just essentially did what they did last game where they just took all the air out of it. Now, the last game they didn't have to do anything, but this game kicked the field goal goodbye. I'm not giving them any shot to drive down the field. I didn't like that. I didn't like the play call at third and 11 no. with Gainwell on a slow nope. developing run, give it, if you're going to run it, go swift. All right. Your thoughts on, um, on the end game. In the run plays like you had the three previous teams. And we talked about it last week, for whatever reason, this Washington defensive front with Chase Young back in the fold has four former first round picks from 2017 to 20. Washington used first-round picks on four consecutive defensive lines, okay? And we saw we saw last year twice, even without Chase Young, Washington's defensive front gives this team problems against the run. But on that particular drive, you were still getting three or four yards of crack on them. You, were, you, you had that defense backpedaling. You had less than two minutes to go in the game. Washington had one timeout left. And with 143 left in the game, Jalen Hurts makes the check in the line of scrimmage. He sees the one-on-one coverage between A.J. Brown and Emmanuel Forbes, a rookie, and it pays off beautifully. Perfect strike for a touchdown. But the bottom line is the opposition gets the ball back with that one timeout that you didn't force them to spend and a buck 43 left on the clock. And with better quarterbacks in the league, you know it's automatic. They're going to be able to walk down the field against an Eagles defense that is not as stout as it has been in a year past. And they're going to have a good chance of punching the ball in the end zone. And sure enough, a quarterback with five starts under his belt on a short field because of the mental gaffe by A.J. Brown walks down the field with seconds left in the game. You're looking at, what, a third and goal from the 10. Not the two, not the five, but the 10. He throws a dart, game tied, go to overtime. And as we all know, any and everything can happen in overtime. And it, that and, is a and lesson. Hence, and hence it did. <laughs> here's what you do Derek I I mean tell me if I'm simplifying things here so you're you're giving Jalen the play in his helmet and you say listen we're running DeAndre here no check down yes that way I mean and and I'm sure Jalen made the right play and 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 did everything he's trained to do but you just take it out of his hands because of time and place that's all 
you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now, a yeah. lot of things had to happen, too. Like, AJ gets the, the personal foul call, you know, hence the, the short kickoff and all that. So there were a lot of things that unfolded, but don't let any of that stuff even happen, and it doesn't happen, you know? It, it's a valuable lesson. And, again, it's another lesson they've learned in a winning situation, in a winning situation. Yeah. They got away with, they got away with another one there. Um, I think the pad, I thought Blankenship was steady as you expected him to be. I'm a little surprised at the cornerback play, um, especially, and I understand Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson didn't get as many looks as I thought he would. Curtis Samuel did and, and, and Terry McLaurin did, but I'm I, it just, it just baffles me why you have two bro, pro bowl corners on the outside and you're giving these receivers that much respect, you know, and for a time they were using, they were using Bradbury again in a slot and Job on the outside. And I'm thinking that's a recipe for a disaster. I don't want to see Bradbury on the inside, but even when on the outside, they're allowing receivers to me to make too many plays. I agree know? with you. I, I agree. I, and, and again, I think people get mad. They got mad at Gannon last year and they get, now they're mad at the side. Some of this stuff is organizational philosophy. Like I said earlier, I I think that's that's part of it. You they, I'd like to see him pay a little more bump and run. Derek, I'll just just stay there for a minute. Um, they have a real problem with the other safety spot. Yep. You know, Black, Black and Chip, I give him props. He was yep. out there playing hurt too yesterday. He was. Yeah, he did was. you see the the shot of his arm? Oh yeah. Got, it, it was nasty, purple yeah. looking, right? And. He was limping. Like he he played tough. Terrell Edmonds is a problem. He's a problem. Uh, and, and it goes back to what I said. When Mike Tomlin lets a player go in his in his prime, he's twenty six years old. I yeah. want to know why. And sure yeah. enough, I understand now why Terrell Edmonds was let go in Pittsburgh. Yep. He, he is not the answer at that safety position. And your only other answer right now in house are a bunch of kids you know, that are going to have to learn on the fly, which means it affects communications on the back end until somebody grow, uh, somebody grows into that, that stabilizing factor at that point, but injuries have taken a, a toll on that secondary. Yeah. You know, so you're rotating one kid for another kid, you know? So these young players are losing valuable playing time because once they get in, in there, they're out of there because of injuries. And it's the next man up mentality. Yeah. Now, does that mean how he's going to go out? Could 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 you see? Let me ask you this: Could you see before the trade deadline? Who knows? It could happen sooner rather than later. And by I mean right before the trade deadline, Howie Roseman and their coaching staff deleting Edmonds and going out and finding a veteran either sitting on a, sitting at home or being traded here to help shore up that position? Yes. The, the, the short answer is yes. I mean, here's here's what you're going to start looking at, right? There, so there are already teams that are buried and dead. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to do business with New England or whatever, or some of these other teams, but I'm going to start looking at those teams that look like they have no chance. You know, yeah. uh, Denver's in trouble, even though they beat the, the wo- woeful Bears. The Bears stink. I'm going to look at the Bears. Vikings yeah. are probably going to be looking maybe to chop some salary. I would be looking at the Vikings. I'd be looking at the Cardinals. Um, you know, in the AL, we'll see if, if Cincinnati continues to, to descend here a little bit or you know, the Raiders, any of those teams, I'm going to be looking at them to make a trade. I am. I'd rather get somebody on a roster who I know can play that than someone who's on the street 
for a reason, you know, very yeah. likely. So, yeah. yeah, I think Howie, I think they recognize it. I think they know it's going to be harder this year, no matter what. You're going to have to score points. I mean, it's just as simple as, like, you're going to have to be very effective through the air. You just are. I I, I agree, Rob. And, and, and yesterday was a great example of how they can deviate. You know, I, we, we all believe they were going to come in and try to pound a game against Washington, use a ground and pound game. They come out throwing. I know. They come out throwing. That's how much they respected their Washington defensive front. Yep. They came out throwing, testing right away. You're going to have to do that. There's other opponents. The Jets' defense, I, don't look at the Jets' one and three record. The Jets' defense is going to stress this Eagles' offense. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's defense, even without Tredavious White, unfortunately for that young man, they're going to stress this Eagles' offense. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to come out of character and do things that you're not accustomed to to win those games, and vice versa. You know, um, you know, Buffalo, even Kansas City, they're going to have to do certain things against this Eagles team that they normally may not want to do because they have a certain formula for winning, but you have to make the necessary adjustments if you want to be successful. Right, right. It's part of the weekly grind in the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Um, so, look, there are definitely things that need to be corrected. If we hear anything, by the way, on Cam Jurgens' foot, he was he left in a walking boot, Derek. So that's obviously that's troubling, um, you know, with him. So Opeta came in. I thought did a pretty solid job, you, you know, stepping yeah. in there to his yeah. credit. Uh, but yeah, that's you know that's a little worrisome, you know, that one. And then the other one we're hearing is the uh, the head injury for for Britton Covey. So they're the two things oh, you yeah. want to be looking at um, injury wise because both of those guys obviously are key pieces here. All right. So when we come back, we're going to look at teams that have ties to the Eagles. In other words, Giants played tonight against the Seahawks. We'll preview that one. Cowboys yesterday, NFC East, what they did to the Patriots. The Rams, who the Eagles play next. We'll get into that in the 49ers, who are the other team that is undefeated. So we'll do all of that when we come back and then our full-blown NFL segment. And for you Phillies fans, we will give you a Phillies fix. We'll get you set for the uh, for the wild card series, which begins tomorrow against the Marlins. And not an easy draw, Derek. Not an easy draw, the Marlins. They have had the, they've done a nice job against the Phillies, that's for sure. So we that uh, that Marlins team worries me because they don't fear this team. Mm-mm. They they don't have the they don't have the firepower that the Phillies have. But they have they won the series seven six this this, and they're a bunch of guys. Who, hey, nobody expects us to do anything anyway, so let's Correct. go play our game. You're right on about that. All right, so we'll do all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. And again, if you're just jumping on, you're saying. Man, these guys are only a half hour in. No, we're an hour and a half in because each and every day we are 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., our new time now. All right, that's Derek Gott. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about pro-action restoration. We've gotten some really weird, crazy weather lately, right? A lot of heavy rains and, and that kind of thing. And when that happens, unfortunately, sometimes you get flooding. Sometimes it could cause mold damage. It, it, you could get a fire, which could cause and not only fire damage, but smoke damage. There's a lot that could go on. And look, we're not all equipped to be able to handle that kind of stuff, right? So who do you reach out to? You reach out to ProAction Restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. Personally, years back, I had flooding in my parents' basement. I called ProAction on a Saturday. They were out there 
unbelievably quick. They fixed the problem. They cleaned everything up. They, they diagnosed what the issue was. The price was right. The crew was unbelievable. It was a great experience all around. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will also work in conjunction with your insurance company. So that's that's big as well. Again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call right now. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. 
Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Thanks for hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Reminder, tomorrow, South Palantonio at 12 p.m. We will be one hour into the program at that point. South Pal will hop on with us. All right, Derek, let's uh, let's look ahead. We do have a game tonight, Monday Night Football, and it is Seattle against the Giants. This game is in North Jersey. Seattle is minus two and a half uh, in this game. Seattle comes in at two and one. Giants at one and two. Let's start there. What do you think? What's your vibe here? What's your what's your gut telling you for this game? Two and a half. That's it. That's the spread. Two and a half. I thought it would it be is a in New York. Bit. I mean, a lot of this is is going to be depending on Saquon's health, and you know they've been pretty banged up. Uh, the Giants for sure. Um, national TV. Giants are frustrated. Um, I think they will, you know, and, and, and their defense has been porous. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game, just like this entire weekend was unpredictable at its finest. Um, I don't see Seattle um, blowing them out. I think Wink Martindale will make some necessary adjustments that have been a problem with that defense. Um, this This could be like that Dallas-Arizona game, you know, Nobody's expecting uh, the Giants to do much anything against all the firepower that Seattle has. But because of uh, Seattle's superior talent uh, to the Giants, I, th- I think Seattle is going to win a game by at least a touchdown, at least mm-hmm. a touchdown. I, yeah. I like Seattle in this game, too. I, I just um, I don't see enough firepower with the Giants, Derek. I, I, I just don't, you know, and I. I don't know what Saquon's going to look like in terms of his, you know, what kind of condition that ankle is going to be in. Um, you know, and, and I, I like, I think Seattle took a big step last week against Carolina um, where they handled their business. I think Gino is feeling good about himself. I, I look at between DK Metcalf and Lockett and uh, Smith, the Jigba, all the, the, what they have on the outside, Kenneth Walker's ability to run the ball. Um, yeah. I like Seattle, man. I, I do. I think it's a close game, yeah, but I think Seattle yeah. wins. I do. And, and the Giants would be one and three at that point if they go down. I know. Oh, I know. Um, and, and that's big trouble. If, if Saquon's not in the lineup, and I, I'd still be shocked if he's in the lineup dealing with that high ankle sprain. Um, that makes um, the, 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 the Giants' offense that much more predictable because they don't have a running without Saquon. So – uh, if he's out, that means Daniel Jones is going to have to put the ball up a lot more than he does. And right now, he's he's barely completing 65% of his passes. He only has two touchdowns in three games, but four interceptions. And th- that's not the Brian Dayball offense I expected to see up to this point, you know. And even with the additions that they made at the receiving at the receiving uh, position, um, the young receiver that I've been talking about all training camp. This Jalen Hyatt hasn't really gotten off. He only has two receptions in three games. 
I do like him. I think it's only a matter of time for him, though. Now, granted, he's averaging 44 and a half yards a catch with two. Now, his yep. biggest catch was 58 yards. This kid can flat out stretch a field. Yep. And I can't believe they haven't found a way yet to get him more integrated into this offense. And I agree with you 100% that he's going to start He's going to start making people mention his name in sports talk shows in the weeks to come. I thought they would have figured out how to utilize him better a lot sooner than they have. And granted, we're only at the quarter pole of the season. He's a rookie. He's still trying to get uh, the confidence factor and continuity factor between him and Daniel Jones. Um, but until they can get him on um, on course in terms of being a legit threat and stretching the field, they're going to go through struggles. And I don't think they can stand up Seattle. Their offense can stand up Seattle for a full 60-minute game and have a way of winning this game unless they somehow definitively win the turnover battle. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, let's jump over. Uh, let's stay in the NFC East. Cowboys hammer the Patriots 38-3. to uh, Cowboys 3-1 and on the season. Patriots now 1-3 and on the season. It's the worst loss of Bill Belichick's career as a head football coach. Uh, during, during the course of the game, it was hideous. Mac Jones got benched. A uh, couple of defensive touchdowns in the game. Uh, it was just really ugly. It was really, really ugly. And you wonder, I, you know, we just talked about the Giants offense. Where is New England getting the offense from? You know, I, I don't know that Mac Jones can play, and I don't think they put good weapons there. They're not running the ball. This is ugly. I thought Bill O'Brien, the, the, the influence and the presence of Bill O'Brien would make Mac Jones a much better quarterback. And to be honest, after watching him the way he played that season opening game against the Eagles, I thought Mac Jones is going to put up some numbers. Here we go again. That's Mac, that's Mac Jones and Belichick. They're, they're at the house looking yeah. for answers, Derek. But, but you know, when, when all of the Sunday games are said and done, I love flipping over to the NFL Network late at night, like around 1130 midnight, because they show you extended highlights of all the games. And did you see the shot? I forgot what play it was. You see Belichick go like this across his face. Yeah. You know, and yeah. basically told Mac Jones, uh, you're out. You know, yep. you're out now. Um, that's frustrating at its finest. And as these losses continue to pile up, I guarantee you a story is going to surface about the strained relationship between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And let's see how that plays itself out. We had Tom Curran on, uh, who does a great job covering the Patriots uh, for NBC uh, New England, whatever it's called, NBCS New England, or whatever it's called. Um, and, you know, this was coming from him. This is a guy who covers them every day. And and yeah. Tom basically said, hell yeah, he's on the hot seat. And and you, I remember you and I were both like, really? A little mm. strong for, for the, for that guy. But he said there, you know, there's no love loss right now. And I think Derek, it wouldn't shock me if he's out at the end of this year. And, and when I say out, I don't necessarily mean fired a mutual parting of the ways or Belichick leaving on his own. And he goes and sets the all-time mark somewhere else. It would not shock me. I will just tell you that. No, I, I, I think the Patriots at uh, Robert Kraft's request would put out the statement that says, after discussions, we have mutually agreed to go our separate ways. We cannot thank Bill Belichick enough for yep. what he has done for this organization for more than two decades. He is one of the greatest coaches ever in the history of pro football, which he is. 
Yeah. You know, all of all of the pertinent accolades, and then Belichick rides off into the sunset because there could be four or five teams looking for a new head coach after yes. this. Season. Yeah, there's no question about that. And he'll um, go somewhere. I think Derek, where he either has an established good quarterback or has a pick high enough to get, uh, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake May or Shadur, whatever, wh- whoever. That's what will end up happening because he's learned the lesson the hard way. You better have a quarterback or it doesn't matter how great a coach you are. Or or he could go somewhere where they have the defensive personnel to put together a unit that can hold down the fort until they get the pieces to complement Take what's out there and, and scramble. He can pick and choose what he wants, and there's going to be a team that's going to throw the red carpet at him to give him what he wants. And, you know, you're right. I do believe he'll break that record somewhere else. I don't think it's going to be in New England. All right. All right. Well, it'd be, be interesting. And, they're, yeah, that's a mess. Dallas, obviously, you know, with, with a good win, and now they move to three and one. Um, so the team the Eagles are playing next, Derek, the Rams yesterday, they were to back and forth. With the Colts now, let me let me real quick before we get to the Rams piece of this. I think with very little talent, Shane Steichen's doing a nice job with the Colts, and I know they lost oh, yesterday, but I, I give him a shout out because he he's they're very young, and you look at the roster and it's not blowing you away. Uh, he's done a nice job. He's 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 developing Anthony Richardson in a nice way, and you know they're they're a competitive team where I thought they were going to be really really bad. So give give Steichen a little love. They they don't have a marquee wide receiver. Uh, their primetime running back is not available yet, and you're playing with a rookie quarterback. Yet here they are at two and two. Yeah, I, you're right. I agree with you 100%. Shane Steichen in a short amount of time has done a tremendous job with this team in terms of making them competitive. And they could have been three and one at the yeah. very minimum. They could have been three and one at this point. But you didn't have your rookie quarterback the last game because of concussion protocol. And this kid, Anthony Richardson, I'm telling you, man, you talk about an athlete. My goodness, strong arm, big body is 6'5", like 250, and can mm-hmm. flat out move a lot like a Cam Newton, but with, with a better arm. You know, Cam Newton had a strong arm. Cam Newton's biggest problem was his accuracy. Yeah. This kid has a Cam Newton arm plus the accuracy and the big body. Um, and he continues to grow every week. This is nothing but confidence building for, for a Colts team that nobody expected anything. And you look at the division, unless Jacksonville goes on a run, you know, we, I never thought I'd be sitting there saying this. There's a slim chance that Indianapolis could emerge as a top team in that division, the way they're playing yeah. right now. Yep. Yeah. It's, it, 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 you talk about a wide open division. I, I mean, that that oh is the epitome. You have the Colts at two and two, the Texans at two and two, the Jags at two and two, and Tennessee at two and two, and yes. nobody like nobody's special there. Nobody. D'Amico Ryan's is doing a great job in Houston. Yes, spectacular. Uh-oh. But that thing is wide open. That division. All right, let's uh, let's look at the Rams. So the Rams win twenty nine twenty three with an, uh, a touchdown in overtime. Rams are two and two on the season. Puka Nakua. Nine receptions yesterday, 163 mm. yards, 18 mm. yards per catch and a touchdown. Derek, listen to this. He's got 39 catches for 501 yards. He has the most. That is the most of any player who's ever played in the NFL through four games. Puka Nakua. This kid came from BYU. 
fifth round, um, right? He was a fifth round pick this year. I, to be honest with you, I had never heard of him. To be honest with you, to be quite honest, I, he's 6'2", 205. Man, every time I'm looking at highlights, you talk about a crisp route runner and scored his first touchdown of the season last year. Yeah. I, I mean, yesterday. Um, you talk about route running, the ability to get open and burst afterwards. Him and his kid, Tutu Atwell, are, are, are nice. You know, he's he's twenty he's 22, uh, Nakua is. Atwell's 23. Sean McVay has a couple of nice young receivers at his disposal right now, even without Cooper Cup. Those two receivers are directly responsible for this team even being 500. And if what we're hearing is true, that Cooper Cup could make his uh, his 2023 debut against the Eagles, after watching this Eagles secondary play the last few weeks, I've got a lot of cause for concern going into this game on Sunday. Yeah, that's I mean, and, and they have a good tight Higby's a good tight end. Uh Nakua, Atwell, potentially Cup coming back. The big thing there is Derek Stafford injured his hip during the game. Yep. And he has a hip pointer, which he said he he was having trouble. Like he lost some feeling in the one side on, on the oh. leg. So a couple times he went down without even contact. So that's gonna be big to see how he rehabs this week. Oof. you know, and, and is able to go. And that guy, we know that guy's been through a lot physically, but McVeigh is doing a spectacular job there this year. I mean, he is really coaching his tail off. Well, he, um, he, he's always been deemed as one as a boy wonder when it comes to um, being creative with his offenses. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, nobody gave him much of a chance this year, they thought it was going to be similar to last year. I think that right now, through four games, they're playing much better ball. They're a 500 team. Uh, they played the 49ers tough last week. You know, they just didn't have enough firepower to finish it. You know, uh, Aaron Donald, still Aaron Donald. And he's, he's surrounded by a bunch of, a lot of no names on defense, to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at who Aaron Donald is playing with. Um, but they're playing well. That's the main thing. They're, they're playing well. Um, and they're going to be a formidable test. Now, it depends, obviously, on, on Stafford, uh, you know, because you got Brett Rippon and Stetson Bennett as your backup. Now, Bennett no, Bennett's not, not there. Ben, Bennett took a, is on the NFI, so he's not even there. Yeah, he's out. So, but you got Brett Rippon as your backup. That's a big drop off from Matthew Stafford. It is. Uh, it you is. can't go with that hip. Um, yeah. But if Matthew Eagles are five point favorites. Okay. It, well, and they're playing it out in Los Angeles, too. Right. So if, if Stafford is deemed healthy enough to go, that's that's not a good sign for this Eagles passing defense right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the way this team has been a chameleon and been able to to uh, find ways to continue to win, this is going to be another game next week. We're going to talk about is not it doesn't look pretty, but somehow and this running back to have this kid Kyron Williams, he's you know, good he's Notre Dame kid. Four, he's very good runner. Yep, he's averaging almost four yards a carry. He has sixty four mm-hmm. carries already. Um, and he has five rushing touchdowns already in four games. So you know where their bread and butter is, you know, uh, on the ground with this kid. For sure. Uh, so I, I think I think this is going to be a real interesting game. You know, it's, it's not going to be one of these blowout type games. It's going to be a back and forth type game. And I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that Stafford and that crew doesn't expose that pass defense enough to where they can do more damage than we hope they can. All right, let's uh, let's look at the 49ers uh, and we bring that up because they're the only other undefeated team uh, this season. <clears throat> they win. They handle their business. 
35-16 over the Cardinals yesterday. They, as I mentioned, they go to 4-0. and So a couple things of note from the game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, four touchdowns, Derek, 177 total yards. Uh, did it both, uh, you know, on the ground and, and in the air. Um, he's making a case for the MVP in the early going here. His, his numbers are flat out insane. And he would have gone, he would have gone for the, uh, for the, I think the tie, the record with rice yeah. and Ricky yeah. waters. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan said he wasn't aware that he, he was the one who had four. He would have kept him in there and had him score. They gave, they forget what they ended up doing, but anyway, he's, he's had a hell of a start here. Do, do you remember last week when, um, uh, um, Jimmy Butler jokingly came out and said, somebody needs to investigate the Bucks for tampering. Yeah, when right. They got, uh, Damian Lillard. Right. I think it, uh, uh, Seth Joyner said yesterday, somebody needs to investigate the 49ers for allowing their trade to go down and McCaffrey going out to San Francisco in that offense constant. I'm going to tell you right now, for me, he's my leading candidate for uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Ain't no question about it. He might be the MVP. Before it's all said, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's MVP. I mean, right now he is the leader, in my opinion. I mean, he's got. He, you could argue two or some of those guys, but McCaffrey every game has been great. 459 rushing yards. That's more than five and a half per carry. He's got six rushing touchdowns. He's yeah. averaging 114 on the ground per game. That's not even to mention the the, the pass receiving that he that, you know that happens with him. He's he's a stud, you know. And they don't lose when he plays. Uh, other than the NFC Championship game, they don't lose when he plays. And since they oh, got. Oh. Hold your breath, Niners fans, because if there's one negative against him is he'll get injured. Now he made it through last season. He made it through last season, okay. But you gotta watch, you gotta watch him. Here's another guy. You gotta watch his touches because yeah. you know he's had some devastating injuries in his career. Mm -hmm. Um right now, he through four games, he has 98 touches for 600 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. That yeah. man's playing lights out right now. Yes, he he's been awesome. And I, I'll give Purdy some love here. 20 of 21, Derek, only missed one in the air yesterday. 283 yards, a 134.6 passer rating. He's won. They they have, as a team collectively, they've won 14 straight regular season games. But we were talking about this in the pre-show thing. You know, the, the people who missed the boat on Purdy are the ones saying, oh, well, he, you know, he can't throw the ball 70 yards down the field. He, right. he doesn't have to in this offense. Nope. Nope. His intermediate game is lethal. And with, with the scheme that Kyle Shanahan runs, look at how many receivers are wide open in the middle of the field. The way they spread a defense, whether it's the tight end or wide receiver, or even a running back, look at how many people are wide open in the middle of the field. He is lethal in the intermediate game. Now, I look at a lot of his deep balls, and receivers a lot of times have to slow down and come back to the ball. But in terms of a rhythm thrower, you know, whether it's out to the flats, whether it's over the middle, this kid is completing 70, 72% of his passes through four games. Mm -hmm. He's already thrown five touchdowns, no pick, and he's only been sacked seven times through four games. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, when Brock Purdy's under center, this team rolls, this offense rolls. Uh, there's no question about that. And the 49ers identified that there's a, a vast difference in, in the play between Purdy and and Trey Lance, who they shipped off to Dallas. You know, they said, look, we made a mistake here. We're, we're going to rectify our mistake. We don't want any distractions, any controversy. They got Trey Lance out of there in a hurry. This is Brock Purdy's team. No question about it. You know, and I don't care what people say about, about Brock Purdy. Um, I like watching the kid play. 
I love how he is. For a little guy, I love his poise in the pocket. I love his ability to step outside of the pocket and make throws to either side of the field, whether it's to his strong side or his weak side. Um, I love his accuracy. Um, and and I just I just love the way the 49ers run their offense. There's so many, so much motion pre-snap is ridiculous. Like, who's going where? Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. And on top of that, Debo Samuel's not 100%. You know, he right. was a question of the play in this last game. He's not 100%. When they get him back on track again, think about how lethal that offense is going to be once he's back on track. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, so you look at the NFC, Derek. Eagles 4-0, 49ers 4-0. <clears throat> Tampa 3-1, and Detroit 3-1, and Dallas 3-1. and and then you have the Seahawks at two and one who play tonight. Okay. Yep. Other than that, everybody else has at least two losses. Yep. In the league. So I, I would say, as far as the top two go, even if we throw Dallas in there, let's go top three. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas. No question, it's kind of playing out chalk like we thought it would, right? Yep. Feeling? Anybody else? I mean. I think most people thought Detroit would get off to a pretty decent start. Most people thought Seattle would get off to a pretty decent start. Yeah, but everything yeah. else is up in the air. You know, like in terms of disappointments, I would say Minnesota being one and three. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, other than that, you know, like Green Bay, the Saints, the Commanders, the Rams, Atlanta, all kind of felt like two and two teams. I would say. I, I would say Atlanta coming out of the gate two and oh was starting to get some notoriety. Now yeah. they've lost their last two. Right. So we don't know what this Falcons team is. Are they better than what they've done the last two games, or are they just that middle-of-the-road team with yeah. a young quarterback that's, that's trying to grow in the right direction? So I put Atlanta in the, in the category of, I don't know what to expect from them, you know, moving forward. The Saints, if, if, I can't believe how the Saints offense has struggled. Now, Derek Carr played injured yesterday with that shoulder injury. He came out and said, we can't have any excuses. If I'm out there, I expect I expect to produce. They, they, Their offense is not in sync right now. And that's with Kamara back. They're still not in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota has been a major disappointment, much to my delight. You know, that's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of anybody else in the NFC right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, no. Nor do I. I. I don't think there there are no. any either, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, AFC, just quickly, just to kind of do the same, uh, you know, exercise here. I, obviously, Cincinnati, who we'll get to in a minute, being one and three is is the big one that that jumps out of you. I think New England being one and three because we all anticipated maybe the offense would look better with Bill O'Brien. Right. The other one I would say is the Steelers, who got really whacked by the by the Texans yesterday mm-hmm. I, I mean they've been big time disappointing and De- and of course Denver's lucky to be one and three if they weren't playing a garbage Bears team they're they're all in four absolutely Denver is no question about it um wow let's see the biggest one in three I think the biggest shockers in AFC one and three has to be Cincinnati right now mm-hmm. Cincinnati is a much better team personnel wise than what they've shown but, you know, we talked about it earlier. I think Cincinnati made a mistake playing Joe Burrow with that calf injury, and it's hurting them right now more than it's helping them. You know, uh, somebody asked Jamar Chase after the game, you know, hey, um, do you think you're open? And he said, I'm, I'm, he goes, I'm bleeping open all the time. Excuse me 
for, for my profanity. But that shows you the level of frustration Cincinnati's at right now because yeah. they have a much better nucleus of, of, of personnel than what they've shown. Um, and as long as they keep playing Burrow, number one, I don't know if that thing, that calf will ever be 100% because you need time for that to heal. More time, obviously, than they've given him. And number two, I never thought Cincinnati would be at the bottom of that division looking up. I I think Before that um, I think they made a mistake with Burrow. Like I I think they should have sat him. Uh, he's clearly look. You, you don't go from what he was to what this looks like now. No. But that's not a coincidence. I, I he's not right. He can't drive off the leg. He got hit really hard. He was he was on the sideline. You know, like testing his arm yesterday. I, yeah, I don't know. I I think they're they're pushing their luck with him, and it's it's going to be a, it's only a matter of time before that gets really really ugly. All right, let's come back. We'll look at last night's game, Derek, where the Chiefs held on for dear life against the Jets, and Zach Wilson showed a little something last night. So we'll uh we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get into the Dolphins because the Bills did what we thought you know might be really tough for anybody. They shut down that Miami offense. Did a nice job. They didn't Khalil just shut them down. They blew them out. Yeah, they handled them. Uh, and they ever since that season opening loss, Buffalo's been a different team, a way different yep. team. Yep. So we'll talk about that, some injuries, which we'll get to as well. There's a lot to do. Uh, and then last segment, we'll do some Phillies, some birthdays, some movies, like we always do. So we got you covered. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face, and they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. Now, keep in mind, you know, we've been getting some kind of weird weather lately, as I talked about a little bit earlier, but it would be a good time now, during the fall, before the winter really hits, to get your trees evaluated. Just see what, have them come out, have them take a look. Hey, this might need to be trimmed back. You might want to take this down because you don't want them coming down in your house or God forbid, you know, somebody out in the yard or whatever the case may be, or knocking down, knocking down some wires. You can go to their Facebook or their Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. That's 610 610- 850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Uh, new start time, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. for sports take. So uh, take note, as they say, D-Gun. Uh, all right, bunch of things to hit here. Uh, from Let's start with last night. And a game that really, let's face it, uh, looked like it was going to be a Chiefs runaway. They get out early in the game. And you're thinking, this is just going to be hideous. Yeah, yeah. But somewhere along, and I'll say, Patrick Mahomes let the Jets back in the game. He had some awful throws last night. He really did. And to the Jets' credit, they got a little crack in the door and they busted it open. And I didn't think any of us saw this coming, but Zach Wilson had a heck of a night. He made a critical, fatal mistake late in the game. But prior to that, he goes there 28 of 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns, a two-point conversion, a 105.2 passer rating and, and really made plays. I, I give Nathaniel Hackett credit in that. I think he took the training wheels off and said, you know what? You're going to have to go out and be a big boy here. So let, let's do some big boy stuff. And he, and he was up to the task. Dude, that one touchdown throw he threw to Alan Lazard in, in coverage was a dart. And you know what? I'm happy for the young man because he has taken so much abuse, you know, when Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Namath called him out last week, that's the lowest of lows. Yep. And, you know, people have made fun of him uh, uh, ever since he's been in the league. And he hasn't buckled. And, you know, how ironic it was, Aaron Rodgers was back for the first time since he got injured in that first game. And all of a sudden, Zach Wilson plays a much better game. But he went out there and he gave Kansas City everything they could handle in that game. And the, and the biggest gaffe is the fact that he dropped that snap, which cost him a potential game-winning drive. Uh-huh. But you know what? That was a growing-up game for him. And, and that showed me something with him. 
because a lot of players might have curled up considering the the adversity he's gone through. And you know how you you think Philadelphia media is critical. New York and Boston are worse. Oh yes. Yeah. You can imagine how the airwaves have been lighting him up for over a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he could have gone into a shell very easily. But that dude on national TV came out slinging last night. Everybody expected um Everybody expected the Jets to lose big after watching the way he's played since Rodgers has gone down. And sure enough, that's the way the game started out. Kansas City builds the lead. And you're thinking, why even watch this mess? And then all of a sudden, something something clicks for this dude. Mm-hmm. And he play, he plays like a frontline NFL quarterback. And I'm happy to see it for him to get a lot of get a lot of negativity off his back. And well, I don't know how if you watched um, yeah. NBC's coverage, but I I thought this was was really weak. So they're they're I guess their post game show afterwards, and they had Chris Jones on there to you know hey, hey great win and you know you did your thing and and all this other stuff. Rodney Harrison says to him, "Man, like basically you can't get too excited because you're going against you know the trash in Zach Wilson." He said. You know, I'm watching the film of this guy all week. You must have been drooling because he's absolute garbage. And to Chris Jones' credit, Chris Jones is like, yeah. no, man, like he can play. You, you know, don't sleep on his ability. The guy's got yeah. some skills. I thought he, I thought he did a nice job against us. I, I was really like, there's, there's a, there's being critical and and look, we all do it. We'll go off sometimes. But that was a weird timing for me with Rodney Harrison last night. Yeah, you know what? Um... Rodney Harrison is known for being outspoken, but he's been in the media long enough to know that no matter, even when you're being critical, there's a certain way to, to word it, especially on, on a national broadcast, but that, that falls in line with what, you know, he's had to go through. Zach Wilson has go, had, has yeah. had to go through much of his career, you know, but I love the fact that Chris Jones took the high road and gave that young man his respect because to me, Chris Jones said, Hey man, that dude almost beat us. Yep. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know what game you're watching, but he almost came out here and beat us. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. because if Chris Jones had, had put another log on the fire, it would have blown up even more so because of the respect that Chris Jones commands across the league. It would have been blown up even more so, but he diffused the situation. So give this young man his props. Yeah. This kid came out here and balled tonight in front of a national audience under adverse conditions. Yeah, I, I give Chris Jones a lot of credit. He really handled it with class. So props to Chris Jones. Uh, we do have an update, Derek, on Cam Jurgens yeah. from Jeff McLean. Uh, Cam Jurgens, Eagles right guard, suffered a foot sprain, could miss several weeks, according Jeez. to an NFL source. MRI confirmed initial diagnosis. So a foot sprain, according to Jeff McLean, which could keep him out several weeks, which, you know, obviously you're going to be seeing so Sua Opeta lining up uh, between Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey this week in Los Angeles. And that tells me Tyler Steen is not ready yet, or they're exclusively keeping Tyler Steen as the backup to Jordan Malata. Um, I have no problem with Opeta. Opeta's been here for a while. Yep. He knows what Jeff Stoutland expects of him, and yep. they're not hesitant about plugging him in. Again, that goes to the luxury of how many how many teams have the luxury of losing a frontline guy, but the next guy is not a liability, you know, we saw all last season, every game seemed like every game the Eagles were playing an offensive line that was minus one or two players, and the Eagles were able to expose that side of the offensive line. You yeah. don't have to worry about that with this Eagles offensive line. Next man up mentality is so true with this team, and Opeta is a proven veteran. He knows what his job description is, and when you're playing in between two pro bowlers and Kelsey and Lane Johnson, it makes the job that much easier. 100%. In a lot of ways. 
hundred percent. Yeah. You trust Stoutland. You trust the guys who he's lining up with. That's for sure. You, know, uh, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but you know, this seems like one let Jurgens heal up and you, you should be able to be okay. Uh, shout out to Khalil Mack, six sacks yesterday, man, have yourself a day. And, and he sure did. Uh, they won 24 to 17 over the Raiders. Uh, they, they, I can't believe they didn't start keeping the sacks that until 82. Right. I'm right. How did they not have that in the sixties or, you know, the earlier part of football, but anyway, uh, so six ties the record. So it good or sets the record. That's good for him. Good for him. Think about some of the, some of the great defensive players have come through this game in the sixties and seventies. And even up until 82, like 80, 81, whose <laughs> official numbers were not recorded. You know, we, we look at who the sack leaders are historically. And I wonder how, how some of those guys would compare to these guys. Maybe the sack leaders of today would not be the sack leaders. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know but I, I'm just shocked. There's one stat that should have been a given because it's always been so prevalent in pro football. You know, sacking a quarterback, getting hits on quarterback has always been so – I'm surprised somebody didn't come up with that a long time ago. But Khalil Mack, you know, we, we thought we had talked about how we thought he was on his downside because he hadn't been, been that physical presence like he was in Chicago and like he was in the early stages of being with the Chargers. But, man. Did he crank up the electricity yesterday against the Raiders? Maybe it was because uh, it was the Raiders and, and it was in their backyard. But, man, did he crank it up and make the Raiders pay yesterday. He sure did. Uh, so they end up – the Chargers get a much-needed win. Uh, but Justin Herbert injured his finger in the process. Now, he was able to stay in there, but the, that's one to keep your eye on, too. Just, just you know, on the, it's on the right hand, too. So we'll see where that ends up going uh, with him. You know, he came up with that, and he was still able to throw the football, which which is amazing. You know? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. But they, they need it, man. I'll tell you what, they don't get that win. They're, you could probably write them off. You know, yeah, they, 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 were, they were about to be in big, big trouble there, but they get it. They're two and two. So, still life. Raiders. Raiders, on the other oh, hand, they're – It's his left hand. That's right. That's why it was right hand. It's his left I meant big to say left. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But thank you, Big Sales. Big Sales up the early West Coast. And he'll be on right after us at two o'clock, by the way. So we go from Ooh. 10 to two. Dan goes from two to six. So, um, all right. So beyond that, Derek, a couple other odds and ends. The Dolphins. The Dolphins look like they were unstoppable and they're not unstoppable. And Buffalo, since losing that first game of the season, has really flipped things. They have flipped that script in a massive, massive way. So they win 48-20 in a game that wasn't even that close. Uh, four sacks on Tua. They hold Tyreek Hill to three catches, 58 yards. Josh Allen, monster day, 320 yards in the air, four touchdowns. Everything good for Buffalo except for Tredavious White tearing his Achilles. And uh, looks like Von Miller is going to start practicing this week for them. So Buffalo definitely on the right path here in Miami. Eh, a little wake up call. Um, I think that was Buffalo's way of sending a message. Hey, despite what you people think about everybody trying to challenge us in our division, it's still our division as of right now. That was the most complete game Buffalo's played this year. And you you basically pulled a plug on a high-powered Miami offense the way you did. Early on, it looked like it was going to be a shootout. They were going back and forth up and down the field. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Sean McDermott's defense made the necessary adjustments and took it to Miami. That was a that was a huge performance by Buffalo 
in that situation. Granted, it was in their home backyard. Still a big-time performance against that Dolphins offense. Yeah. No, I, I look at what they've been able to do since they lost that game uh, to start the year against the Jets. And, you know, they're not just winning games. They're they're really beating teams up. 38-10 uh, to 10 over the Raiders, 37-3 to 3 over Washington, 48-20 to 20 over Miami. I think they're just trying to tell everybody, guess what? You know, you forgot about us for a minute, but we're still damn good. We are still a damn good team. Um, so good for good for Buffalo with what's going on there. All right, this game this game was hideous. The the Bears and the Broncos yesterday, Derek, a pair of winless oh. teams. <laughs> it looked for a minute like Denver was about to go to zero and four. The defense makes a big play. They get a strip sack of Justin Fields, take it to the house. They somehow some way end up getting you know a late field goal and win. Um, so. They end up winning, and the Bears uh, still winless. And the Bears, by the way, told Chase Claypool to stay home for the game. Yes. And they told – because they have the short week. They play Thursday. Yes. They told him, we don't need to see you this week either, my man. Tick-tock on that one. He, he's going to be gone real soon. Um, when he came out Friday, when uh, he was asked by the media about, are they utilizing you to the best of your abilities? And he, he paused for a second and, and with a sheepish grin on his face said, no. That was it for the Bears. That was it. Um, he's been a problem since he's been there. Um, and people question his heart, his desire, his lack of uh, uh, practicing at a high level. I think they're at their wits end with him. And you're right. I agree 100%. I think his days have, have been dwindled down to hours in terms of how long he's going to be with it. The thing is, the young man has talent. There's no question about it. He has talent. And if he puts his head on straight, he can help a lot of teams in a passing game. Yeah. But when you're at that point, Pittsburgh gave up on him young in his career. He's never quite fit into Chicago's way of thinking. And you got to make a decision because I guarantee you, this is affecting the locker room. His demeanor is affecting the locker room and you have to make a snap decision. You know, Everflus has probably gone as far as he can with this guy. Nobody can get through to him. You have to let him go. Yeah, plain yeah. I agree. Um, with you. Look, if he goes somewhere else and figures it out and grows up, okay, good for him. But at this point, he'll, I don't think he'll ever play for the Bears again. You, you are not going to see him on the field for the Bears. Yeah. When, when, I, when I'm watching the scoring unravel yesterday in a game, I look up, it's 21-7 Bears at one point. Then it's 28-14. I'm thinking, Sean Payton just came off of giving up 70 a 70-point embarrassment. How is he going to explain losing to the Chicago Bears yeah. And lo and behold, I didn't see the score until the game was, you know, way over that they came back, rallied and won it. Yeah. So he's got a little breathing room now. But uh, again, watching the highlights on NFL Network, after you see the highlights, you see Justin Fields sitting on the sideline. You know, everybody's walking off. He's sitting on the sidelines with his hands, uh, his, his head down and his hands over his face. And that's frustration at its finest. Here, here's what's going to be really fascinating. Yeah. They finish with the worst record in football. Yeah. Do they draft a quarterback? Do they take Caleb Williams? Oof. We were talking about a, who, the other team. Who's another team? Uh, Arizona. Would they take him? Does does, does uh, Chicago take him? Well, let's put it like this. I don't think Eberflus is going to be here after this season, which means you're going to get a new coach. He's going to come up with his own. If, if, if you hire an offensive-minded coach, you're going to come in with a new philosophy in terms of what type of quarterback you need to run your offense. Look at look at how quickly 49ers gave up on Trey Lance. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
and, and San Francisco gave up a boatload. They mortgaged their future to move up in the draft and get Trey Lance, but they basically have said, you know what, we made a huge mistake, but we have a guy by accident. We have a guy already in the fold. Now, I don't know if Chicago would use that first overall pick because they have so much or they need so much, um, but but they have theirs and the Carolinas. Remember with, with the trade? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then two good. They're gonna have two really good picks. You can't blame all of this on Justin Fields. I'm not. I'm just saying. That's like you. But yeah. the general consensus is yep. they're blaming us on Fields. You're right. You're not giving a kid anything to work with. You're really not. So we don't know what he can and cannot do. First of all, he's a young quarterback. He's frustrated. He's taking unnecessary beatings. He's running more than he he wants to and should have to. And as much money as Chicago spent this offense building up their defense, they did go out and get him a number one receiver, but they didn't fix the problems along the offensive line, and they're paying for it. But yet, because a quarterback is the most magnified position in all of football, they get too many accolades when they win. They get way too many um, negativity, uh, neg- negative darts thrown their way when they lose. He's in that Bermuda Triangle right now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all coming down on him and he's taking a toll on him. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing about the position. You get paid great. You get great hype, but you also get all the heat. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. Miles Garrett day to day with a foot injury D gun. He was in a walking boot during his press conference afterwards after the game yesterday. Uh, but it sounds like he's going to try and give it a go um, to play in their next game. Uh, the team's bye week comes uh, this week, which helps them, which will buy him a little bit of time. So he doesn't, you guys have to worry about it till week six, but he's got five and a half sacks through four games, uh, five tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits. You know, he's doing his thing like he usually does, but the buy is, is really come, coming nicely for them uh this week so that's that's big they ended up losing they didn't have Deshaun Watson with the sore shoulder no. and it the, the the young young guy Dorian uh Thompson Robinson looked young he looked like a young guy uh, yeah he didn't he didn't look anything like the guy who played in the preseason we preseason guy was was a hall of famer yeah, yeah he was a hall of famer yeah yeah but once you start scheming with your regulars it's a different game anytime you see a player with a boot on limping out of a locker room the first thing that comes to mind mm-hmm. for, to me is Liz Frank and if it's a Liz Frank entry, he's going to be out an extended period of time, and that is going to hurt Cleveland's defense significantly. Yeah, he's yeah. the heart and soul of that defense. No, no question I, about. It. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. That is a big one for sure. Um, all right. Beyond that, around the league, Kenny Pickett injured his knee. Gunner, there's no update yet from Pittsburgh. You know, the Texans really put it on them. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is doing a real nice job and CJ Stroud is playing very well for them. They have a couple playmakers. Houston's going to be the quick turnaround team. I'm not telling you they're a playoff team this year, but I'm telling you they're the quick, they're going to be a quick turnaround team. Book it. Um, you got the right defensive minded coach in there after, after firing two coaches, two previous coaches, in one year, after one year, and that organization had become an embarrassment because of that and because of the Deshaun Watson fiasco. I think Houston finally got it right in terms of, of a head coach. Um, D'Amico Ryans is a brilliant defensive mind. And you look at some of the defensive people they brought in this offseason, even bringing in a couple of guys from the 49ers to help teach those players what he's what they're expected to do in the scheme. Your first couple of games are a little rough. That's understandable. But C.J. Stroud has not made mistakes in four games as a rookie. He's right down through four games and a long way to go. He's dispelled the myth 
that Ohio State quarterbacks do not transition well into NFL quarterbacks. They got the right quarterback. They, were, they got the right coach. After going through all the turbulent waters they went through in recent years, they're coming out on the other side looking real good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. They're, they're headed on the right path, man. That much is for sure. Matthew Judon. I mean, if things can't get worse for the Patriots. Biceps, oh, tendons geez. there. Done. Man, you lose that He's guy. Done. Huh. That's a tough one. That's a shame. That, that guy the, is a one, beast. One of the best linebackers in the game. He is yeah. the heartbeat of that Patriots defense. Um, you're right. You're right, Rob. Um, the Patriots have enough problems as it is. With Judon gone, this thing is going to spiral out of control real quick for the Patriots. Um, and again, this could be the swan song for Belichick in New England. Um, Robert Kraft wants to win. And you've had two decades of success there as the owner under Belichick slash Brady, 15, 16 years of Brady. Now it's time to move on. You know, it happens everywhere. Chuck mm-hmm. Knoll, Tom Landry, you know, Bill Cower. It all happens, you know, it's amazing. 20 years comes and goes real quick, you know, and maybe that's Andy, what right? Belichick I mean, has it, to do now. Right. Right. I mean, Andy, what was it? 14 years and, it, it just it had run its yep. course. I think he needed a change of scenery. The team needed a change of scenery. It happens. I mean, it happens to the best of them. It's it's you know the year the, the days of Don Shula coaching somewhere you know thirty years or whatever ended up being for him. It's yeah, you know it's it's just not going to happen anymore. It's, you're hired to be fired now. Some guys can do it for a long time, and I, you know you look at what Harbaugh has done in Baltimore, and and you know that that stuff's rare. That's the exception to the rule um, in a lot of those places. For sure. Um, all right. So a couple other things here, uh, Gunner. Forgot to mention in the Buffalo game, this was very good. First time he was active this year, Damar Hamlin. You know, I, 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 that's not something to just be overlooked. This guy nearly died on the field not all that long ago. And, you know, comes back. He's playing NFL football, makes the team, and was active for the game yesterday. That That's it's an awesome – it's a miracle, honestly, in a lot of ways. And it's still a great story. Uh um, and it will continue to be a great story every time he steps on the football field. Um, I just keep praying for that young man that, that there's nothing, there's no setbacks whatsoever. He has become a national media favorite based on what he's gone through. He's got a lot of people supporting him, and, and, and obviously you don't put him back on the field unless there has been every thorough test you could possibly have before you allow that young man to get back on the field. I'm happy to see him back out there doing what he loves to do. Um, but we've, we've discussed this a number of times. If I'm a family member, uh, I'm praying over him every day, but I'm also concerned. Um, and you have to be. Um, anybody who knows him and cares about him, including, including the organization, you have to be concerned every time he goes down, takes a hit, lays a hit, gets back up. Um, because of the magnitude of what we witnessed on live television last season. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Nick Sirianni says that Cam Jurgens is week to week uh, regarding the, the foot injury. He thinks reserve offensive lineman Sua Opeta played fantastic uh, in Jurgens' place. He also mentioned he was asked um, specifically about, you know, what's going on with Goddard here. Um, and he said, you know, we absolutely need to get him more involved. And I promise you he is part of the game plan and we will get him more involved. Mm. 
So that, that's, you know, no surprise. I, I, that, that's been one of the more mysterious things to me so far is why it's looked to this extreme with him. Like, I don't, there, there weren't, there just haven't been a lot of anything down the field. It seems like like real down the field stuff. Yeah. But we've seen shots where he's been open in the flats and Jalen's missed him, you know? And, and, and I don't know why, because Jalen didn't miss that last year, but yeah, Jalen's missed him a number of times this year. And this is stuff they're going to have to keep going over on the film. And, you know, Jalen's still, you know, he, he's not looking off that primary receiver like he did last year. Yeah. For whatever the case may be. Um, and, and, and it's going to evolve. There's going to be a game where he might have 10, 11 catches for a buck 15, buck 20, you know. Um, but I thought he would be more consistent in terms of having five, six, seven catches a game. And that has not been the case through four games. And I can't figure out why. Uh, you, you'll find this interesting. David Bakhtiari, who, who is really good, but always seems to be hurt. Yeah. Uh, all pro tackles future with Green Bay Packers for both this season and beyond is very much in doubt. Um, they, they asked, uh, they asked LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, you know, about it. And he didn't give much optimism on Monday. He said, I'll leave that, uh, Dave to comment on that. Uh, I know he wanted to talk to you guys later on. I'll let him talk about the timeline. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't, that's, that ain't good, Derek. Um, he signed a four year, $92 million extension in November of 2020 Six yeah. weeks before his injury, they restructured him in March. Whatever they've they've done a lot of converting of things and bonuses and all this other stuff. So I don't know. You know, it's a shame because you can't count on him to be out there. He just he's always hurt. Um, Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. Um, they, I thought they should have let him go last year. Ever since he sustained that serious knee injury a couple of years ago, he hasn't been right. He's been out way more than he's been in. Um, at this stage, stop playing around with it. You know, I don't know if they still owe him any guaranteed money. I, I would imagine usually you get that guaranteed money within the first couple of years of a new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine by now that he has his, has that money. It's time to let him go, which means you're letting go of a Pro Bowl left tackle, but get somebody else in there to give him the reps. You already have the youngest team in the NFL. Green Bay's average age is just under 25 years of age. You might as well continue the growth process and let somebody get out there that you can evaluate to see if he's the next good one for you instead of keep toying with this thing. If nothing else, hey, Dave, we got to let you go, but can you stay around and help the offensive line? Yeah. You can't play for anybody else. You got your money. Can we get you to stay around and just help teach some of these young guys technique? It's a win win situation. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So the, the sad note here, uh, Russ Francis, the former pro bowl tight ender, uh, for new England and, uh, San Francisco died to plane crash, Derek. Um, yesterday it was in Lake Placid, New York. Uh, apparently the plane was, had just taken off at, at the yep. Lake Placid airport before it crashed. Um, they weren't sure no word yet on whether Ron, uh, Russ Francis or, uh, Richard McSpadden, who was a former commander of the U S air force Thunderbirds was flying the plane because Russ was also a pilot. Uh, but this guy was a heck of a player. He was drafted in the, uh, first round in 75 by new England, made yep. three pro bowls for them, went over to San Francisco, won a super bowl in 84 and, you know, pretty distinguished career. So, uh, that's tough, man. That's sad. Very sad. Yeah. Hate, mm. hate to hear it. You know, hate to hear it. And I believe he was one of I believe he was one of the owners of the air 
aircraft or the air, air, air airline, the small airline company, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, I don't and know. I, and I think they were carrying supplies somewhere or yeah, that is really sad. Man. You, you just never know, man. You just never nope. know, bro. It's not promised, baby. Yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. take any day, any moment for granted. Nope. Mm. Well said. Well said. All right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Uh, we're going to hit a bunch of different things. We'll hit the Phillies, who finished up the regular season yesterday, Derek, with a win. Uh, and then it's on to Red October tomorrow against a formidable foe. So we'll talk about the Phillies and the Marlins as usual. We'll give you birthdays. We'll give you movies. we got a bunch of stuff out the door for you, so don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank staffing is not easy but that's what we do every day all day the key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We wanna be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Yes, we are. Final segment of the program. Reminder, tomorrow we'll have Sal Palantonio at noon from ESPN. The venerable one 
He'll be joining us at noon tomorrow. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. New starting time, 11 a.m. each and every day, guys, 11 to 2. All right, so Phillies, Gunner, uh, finished up the regular season at 90 and 72 with a win yep. yesterday. Good way to close it out, get a win. Um, so they finished the season, Derek. If you look at the last 112 games of the year, uh, they were 66 and 46. Pretty good. Pretty good. 20 games over 500 mm -hmm. uh, to close things out. You know, remember they got off to a little bit of a slow start this year and, you know, really came on as the season went on to the point where they cemented themselves as the number one wild card uh, team. So the the way this works, Gunner, is the, the Phillies will get the Marlins who finished uh, number two here. So it will be the Phillies and the Marlins starting tomorrow night, eight o'clock, Wednesday, eight o'clock, if necessary. Game three, Thursday, 8 o'clock. So you're, you're locked into all three of those times uh, against the Marlins team that you went 6-7 and seven against this season. So the Marlins took the season series uh, seven games to six in the 13 that they played. Of course, there's a long history with these two teams, you know, playing in the same division. They know each other well, play each other a lot. Uh, not quite as much this year with the, with the balanced schedule. But, you know, this is a team you know is going to throw some arms at you, Derek have a pretty good bullpen that they can throw at you. They do. They're, coming, they're coming out of the shoot with Jesus Lazardo, uh, who, who is a good young pitcher, lefty, 10-9, 363. Uh, he'll go against Zach Wheeler. So, I mean, you do like that part of it. But then you get another lefty to, on a Wednesday, Braxton yep. Garrett, 9-7 yep. with 366 against Aaron Nola. And Aaron Nola. You just never know with him. Analysis. Here's my analysis of Nola, Derek. Yep. I agree with you 100%. You don't know what Nola you're getting on the mound. Nope. Um, the Marlins, Marlins was the one team I did not want to see the Phillies open up the playoffs with, even though the Phillies are at home. I like the fact that you have Zach Wheeler. That gives me some comfort. You have Wheeler on the mound for that opening game. I don't want to see the Marlins somehow, someway find a way to win that first game, and I sure don't want to see it go down to a third game. Right. Because anything can happen. This is a Marlins team that has nothing to lose. I mean, they had to scrap tooth and nail just to get in the back door of the playoffs all season. It wasn't easy for them, you know, but they have a young nucleus of players that can play with with the best of the best in this game, mm -hmm. you know, and they have, for whatever reason, they have been uh, the Phillies kryptonite for a long, long time. They don't, they're not afraid of this team. I mean, the Phillies, the Phillies have been on a tear in terms of hitting since August, but this Marlins team is not fear this Phillies team and, and it, they're going to come in. Hey, we have nothing to lose. We're not supposed to be here anyway. You know, if they go out and play their game, they're not the power hitting team the Phillies up. But man, can they spray the ball from 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 side, stripe to stripe, man? They're a good contact hitting team. They do have a little pop in their bats as well, and they have a really good nucleus of pitchers. Now they don't have the level of let's say uh, Atlanta, uh, you know, but they have a really good nucleus of young pitchers. They're going to throw at the Phillies. And I tell you what, I think it's going to be an interesting series. I, I really, do too. I do too. I mean, two things to watch out for with the Marlins. One, Luisa Rise has been dealing with an ankle injury, Derek, um, and you know he is a he is an unbelievable table setter for them. So we don't know exactly where he is health wise. So if that's you know if he's compromised or he's not himself, that could be big for the Phillies uh, yep. because that that dude can rake. You know, he ended up with a three fifty four average on the season. But he's a little bit banged up right now. Now, the guys you want to watch out for, uh, Jorge Soler is dangerous, to say the least. 36 home runs, 75 runs driven in 126 hits. He's their DH. He's dangerous. 
they made a really good move in season uh, where, where when the White Sox, you know, were, were doing like yard sales and moving everybody. They got Jake Berger. Yep. Jake Berger's had a nice year and he's come over and given them some pop. So he's another guy to watch out for. Uh, Jazz Chisholm is a guy who was who was dangerous for sure. Um, but yeah, this is um, it's a formidable team that they're going to be playing. And I, and I think the one question I would have is. Even though I don't think as a team they're intimidated, and and certainly these guys have mm-hmm. played it and pitched at Citizens Bank Park, but we know the playoffs is a different animal. Absolutely. Could either one of these young guys, Lazardo or uh, Garrett, be impacted by an insane crowd? Because I I think we saw it last year in the playoffs. It you know it got the Strider a little bit, got to some other guys who who were younger. I think I think that's huge when you when you're coming into the enemies backyard and 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 the marlins are fully aware that the phillies were the team that finished uh the runner-up in the world series came within two wins of winning it all against the houston astros um the philadelphia fan base is one of the more rabid fan bases in all of baseball that is huge the crowd noise is going to be insane come tomorrow night how do they hold up how do they hold up with that pressure on them as well you're playing a team that a lot of people you know, project to get back to the World Series. Um, you're playing a team that has been on a tear offensively since August. Um, and you've got to play the possibility of three games in their backyard on national TV. You know, the Marlins don't the Marlins don't get a lot of national games like the Phillies do, and understandably so, you know, with the way the Phillies hit the ball. So that's a lot of pressure for a young team to try to come in here and, and battle. Not just not just an opponent, but the emotional aspect of the game as well. How will they handle that? But again, I'll say, you know what? This Marlins team, I don't think they care. To be, I don't think they care where, they, where they're playing, Rob. Mm-hmm. I think they're just so happy to be in the playoffs. And they say, look, look at, look at what it took us to get here. Let's just go out and play our game and see what happens. Yeah. And when a team has that approach, that's a dangerous team. That's a dangerous team. I agree. All right, let me give you the schedule, Derek, uh, starting tomorrow around baseball. So you have the Rangers and the Rays at 3 o'clock. That's the early that's game. Be a good one. That, that's going to be a really good series. I agree. Blue Jays and the Twins is the second game at 4.30. So you come out of the shoot with two AL uh, games. Then, D-Gun, uh, of special interest to you, my friend, the oh, Arizona geez. Diamondbacks taking on the Brew Crew. Yes, at 7 o'clock. And then the Phillies will be the 8 o'clock game. So that's, that's what you're looking at tomorrow. So it's Rangers, Rays, Blue Jays, Twins, D-backs, Brewers, and uh, the Marlins, and the Phils. What do you think about your Brewers, your Brew Crew, your Harvey Wallbangers? As they yeah, say. well, they are far from the Harvey Wallbangers. They're one of the weakest hitting team, hit, weaker hitting teams in 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 uh, the National League. But yeah, they'll pitch though. They, they'll pitch you. They, they can pitch. They have the best. They have the best uh, pitching ERA team wise in the National League, and I believe they're the top two in all of the majors. Yep. They're gonna have to lean. They're gonna have to lean on their pitching big time. Now they picked up, they picked up a hitter, which was weird in September. A 37 year old hitter, who's really helped them offensively. Um, he had been, I think, I don't know if he was out injured most of the year, or um, I don't know. I don't know where they where did they get him from. Oh, uh, Josh Donaldson. That's who it is. He was cut. Uh, the Yankees uh, released him. That's why he he was. You could you could pick him up after September. He was okay. released. Yep. But he came in here and he's given the Brewers. I mean, he's a big, he's a big time hitter. And, you know, he's had as many as 41 home runs, 37, 33, 37. Yeah, he's a big hitter. guy, but, but could, could help you in this 
situation yeah. for sure. And, and, and the Brewers need some pop in their lineup. They're they're a spray hitting team. I mean, you you look at how you look at how they they won that series with the Phillies back in July. It, it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't a, the Brewers as much out hitting them as much as it was the, the Brewers sending a whole plethora of pitchers, yeah. different type of pitchers that that handcuffed the Phillies. Yeah. That's the only way they're going to beat Arizona. That's the only way they're going to survive in the playoffs is if their pitching staff is on point because they've got a collection of pitchers that goes as deep as anybody in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Their pitching staff is going to have to be huge in terms of keeping low-scoring games because they're not a big-hitting offense. Right, right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, all right, this is another sad note here. Uh, Tim Wakefield passed away, Derek, and I know you covered him in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, he was thought of as one of the true gentlemen uh, uh, around the game of baseball, did a ton for charity, ironically enough, did a lot for cancer research uh, during his time uh, in Boston and passed away from brain cancer uh, at 57 years old. Uh, Sad, you know, very heck of a player, but even a better guy. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about him, he was such a good guy. I covered him for three years in Pittsburgh. And, you know, when he came out of college, he was setting records in college baseball for home runs. Mm. He was a first baseman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he turned out to be a less than average hitter working his way up the minors. And he, he went back to he learned how to throw the knuckleball, just throwing it around with his dad as a kid. And somehow he perfected it. And he made a career in the majors as a knuckleball pitcher, which you don't see in the majors anymore. No, no, it's amazing. Knuckleball yeah. pitcher. But what a genuinely nice guy. And um, a pitcher yesterday, George Kirby, uh, as a tribute to Tim Wakefield, to show you the respect that he had across the league, um, came out and started the game. for. I think he picked, Kirby pitches for Seattle. Right. Started the game throwing knuckleballers. His knuckleball was wicked. Jeez. You know. And it was the seventh different pitch Kirby had thrown this season. Most pitchers rely on two or three pitches. This guy's got seven pitches he can go to. Wow. You know, it was the seventh different pitch. Um, and that was, he said, that was my tribute to Tim Wakefield. Yeah, that, that's a classy move. It really is. I mean, that, that is just a, a really nice thing to do. So I, I give him a lot of credit for that. So that, that's a shame. Uh, that is a shame. Uh, that we lost him uh, at that young, and his wife's also battling cancer. Apparently, yeah, so it's uh, just man. Oof! When it rains, it pours, man. Um, all right. So uh, beyond that, uh, just I did want to touch on the James Harden thing. So the Sixers held their media day today, Derek, and then they're off to Colorado to train to get you know during for training camp uh, before the regular season. So he wasn't there. You know, worst kept secret there is. He wants out. He wants a trade. Um, and he's, you know, made it, made it obvious that he's not there. Uh, you think there's any shot he shows up at camp nope. in Colorado? Nope. I don't either. Uh, nope. No. Uh, when, when you come out publicly and you call a guy who was a close confidant for years, a liar twice in the span of 15 seconds on a video, you've done irreparable damage. When you follow that up by saying, there's no way I want to play for a team with Daryl Morey. I'm not showing up. There's no way you can come back for that. You have put the 76ers organization in an, embar an embarrassing situation. And basically, you have handcuffed the or organization's ability to trade you because of your past history. What you did to get out of Houston, what you did to get out of Brooklyn, and now what you're trying to do to get out of Philadelphia. So you're handcuffing them. And even if you are pouting because they didn't trade you to the team you wanted to go to, which was the Clippers, if the deal wasn't feasible for the 76ers, why am I going to make that trade just to appease a player? Yeah. Because if one player pulls this stunt, that's telling everybody else who's in that locker room, you can do the same thing. You can strong arm us into getting what you want out of us. 
If I'm a 76 or, or Sixers organization right now, you know where I trade them to? If anybody's willing to take them to the best be, trade possible, that means if he goes to Houston, if he goes to Minnesota, yeah. whatever bottom dweller there is, if they're giving me something that can help my team right now, James Harden, that's where you're going. Now, then it's on Harden to show up to that team or not, which can make the, the deal even more complicated if he says I'm not showing up wherever he goes. Right. If that's the case, you sit at home, you don't get paid your $35 million, and on top of that, you get fined. I, 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 I couldn't be more with you on this. Like, it, we saw Damian, Damian Lillard essentially tried to strong arm the, the Blazers into sending him yeah. to the Heat, right? Right, yep. And the heat and and to the Blazers' credit, the Blazers said we're doing what's best for the Blazers. Yep. You're going to Milwaukee, and and they got a haul back not only for him, but then they flipped Drew Holiday to the Celtics. Yep. So Portland got an amazing return, not only of guys who can play now, but draft picks and the whole thing. They did a great job. I'm not telling you the Sixers get that kind of haul for James Harden. I'm not saying that, yeah, but if that isn't any, if that isn't the most, you know, prime example that a guy who still is a stud doesn't always get what he wants. Guess what, James? You, I don't care that you want to go to the Clippers. You're going where we tell you you're going to go. You know exactly. what I mean? That's the way it rolls. That's the way it works. And guess what? The other thing is there was a market for Damian Lillard. Nobody seems to want this guy. They tried to trade him three times. Phoenix said no. Clippers said no. Cleveland said no in a hurry. Wasn't yeah. even a debate. So the eating is out there that tells me a lot of people don't want anything to do with pouting James Harden. See, let me sit in Damian Lillard's seat for just a minute. Now, initially, he might have been pouting, you know, because they hadn't made a move. If I don't go to Miami, I'm going to take my ball and go home somewhere else. One of the most prolific scorers in the game. I want to go to Miami or I'm not going to play. All of a sudden, he's traded. W wait a minute. I, I get to play with Giannis, the most dominant power forward in the game today. Yeah. How soon can you pack my bags and get me to Milwaukee? Exactly. A team that just won the NBA championship in 2021, was the number one seed last year, and they're looking to add some fire. I mean, Giannis put him on notice this summer saying – before I make a long-term commitment to Milwaukee, I'm going to see if they're committed to winning long-term. Milwaukee's answered them. Milwaukee answered. They sure did. You got Damian Lillard playing with Giannis this fall. <laughs> what else do you want? And, and, and the Celtics get your holiday. Like, if you're a Sixers fan, you're just like, oh, God, exactly. really? Like, that came down yesterday, and I'm like, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Now I got to get Drew Holiday with the Celtics too. On top of it, oh, now, is that your response as a Philadelphia fandom? Is that was that your response? Yes. Because yes. I, and I agree with you 100. percent I'm thinking this is comical. Everybody's making trades around the Sixers except the Sixers. And for me, Drew Holiday, even at 33 years of age, Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of that Boston team. He was the glue. He was yep. a pit bull. I think Drew Holiday is a better fit for Boston than Marcus Smart. Yes. You know, Drew Holiday has been a defensive player of the year. He's been an all-star. He's won an NBA championship. He is a true leader and on that floor. He's an unselfish guy. Like he, does, he just does things that winners do. Uh, you now, know, to be they, honest with you, as much as I love Milwaukee, uh, uh, Drew Holiday in that Milwaukee jersey, I hate to see Drew Holiday go to Boston because yeah. I told you before, when, we, when you asked me this last week, yeah. To stack the teams in order in the East. I still put Boston at number one because of their nucleus. They played both ends of the court better than anybody in the Eastern Conference. Now you put Drew Holiday in there. Boston is still number one. Milwaukee number two. Miami number three. Yep. Yeah. I would I would go. So you still have Boston number one. You know what? I 
holiday kind of changes the way I look at that a little bit here. Um, I probably would go Boston, Milwaukee. Uh, you know, I, I don't love what Miami's done this offseason. They lost some some pieces. But I'd probably still have them three and then the Sixers four. Yeah, yeah. Miami lost Struis. Cleveland's Cleveland's teetering on, on making a move, too. Move up. Well, well, both Cleveland and the Knicks are the sneaky teams in this. Yeah. Cleveland and the Knicks are good teams. Yeah. Can they get past Boston and Milwaukee? That I don't know. All right. All right. Let's uh let's do some birthdays. You ready to do some birthdays here? Birthdays. All right, here we go. Birthdays. Sting, the man himself, the front man of the police for a long time, uh, is 72. Sting looks one good for 72. One of my all-time favorites. Love Sting. Uh Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine Bracco, who uh was in the Sopranos, was in Goodfellas. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's 69 today. Uh Mahatma Gandhi was born on this day in 1869. Yep. Uh, Groucho Marx. We go from Gandhi to, to Groucho Marx. 1890 uh, for Groucho. Yep. Uh, Camilla Bell, the actress, 37. Strong, before you before you ask. Right. Uh, right. Kelly right. Ripa. Hey, right. Yes. Yes, two. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Kelly Ripa, uh, 53 today. Kelly yeah. Ripa. Yeah. South Jersey's own. Uh, Don McLean, American Pie fame. 78 yep. years old today. The great photographer, Annie Leibowitz, Leibowitz is, uh, is 74 mm. today. W- one of my favorite actors. I loved him in the old show, Spencer for Hire. Yeah. Avery Brooks. Yeah. He played Hawk. He was a bad dude, yeah. Avery Brooks. Was in Star Trek uh, movies, Deep yeah. Space. Yep. 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 Very intense. He is very intense, man. Uh, 75 years old today. Johnny Cochran, the glove don't fit a quit. Uh, right. Right. Was born on this day in 1937. Johnny, uh, he was a character to say the least. Uh, Bud Abbott from Abbott and Costello fame. Yep. 1897, he was born. Uh, Tyson Chandler, longtime NBA player. Had a very good career in, in the league. He is 41 today. Yana Navatna, the tennis player. She is 55 years young today. Tiffany, the singer, is 52 today. Moses Gunn, very good actor back yes. in the day. No, uh, um, now, my dad always told me he was like a second or third cousin. I never met him. Really? Know, never met him, but my dad always told me he was a distant cousin. So Okay. You know. But he you're right. Good. I love him as an actor, though. Great yeah, he actor. Was good. Uh, 1929 for him. Uh, Donna Karen, the, the, um, the fashion uh, mogul. Is 75 today. Mike Rutherford from Genesis is 73. Laura Rutledge, who I think is really good, uh, yes. who is excellent in both NFL and college football and whatever assignment they give her. She's 35 years old today. Mark Rippon, you mentioned his his I think I think Brett Rippon is his nephew. I believe uh, so. who's the backup with the Rams, but he is uh, Mark Rippon is 61, former uh, Washington, then Redskin. All right. What else do you have? Uh, you have former NFL running back T.J. Yeldon is 30. Uh, Efren Ramirez, who played in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's 50. Yep. Um, Aaron McKee. How'd you miss that? Oh, I missed Aaron. That's shame on me. That is that is my bad. That's a, a bad Temple, job by me. Temple alum. Yes. One today. Yes. Uh, the great Maury Wills, baseball player, 91, still with us. God bless him. Uh, Dick Barnett, former NBA player, 87. 
The great Steve Sable, born on this day in 1942. Man, great is right, man. Steve Sable and his dad, Ed, NFL Films. Oh, yeah, man. The best. Uh, longtime uh, college basketball coach Jim Laranega is 74 on this day. Uh, Henry Graham, a well-known author historically. Henry Graham Green, in most of his novels turned into movies. He was born on this day in 1904. Okay. But a lot of his novels turned into movies that – were not the ne were not necessarily the name of the, of the actual book. Like one of his more prominent books was called the the uh, Power and Glory, was turned into the movie the old the old version of the movie The Fugitive. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was the original. The original Fugitive came out like nineteen fifty something. The movie. Oh, course, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. See, Rob, I'm here to. I'm here. You to are. History. You are a a wealth of font of knowledge, man. I'm telling you, man. Um, and that's all I got for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move over to movies. D Gun, nineteen ninety two, The Mighty Ducks. Yes, one of one of uh, one of the favorites there. Of Mice and Men was also nineteen ninety two. Speaking of great books, Zombie Land, two thousand nine, twenty fifteen, The Martian, nineteen ninety eight, A Night A Night at the Roxbury, which was. Yep. You still there, Gunner? You still got me. Okay. Glenn yeah. Gary, Glenn Ross. That was 1992. 1998, What Dreams May Come. What Dreams May Come. What else do you have? Oh, that's it. So I'm trying to figure out, did you lose me or did I lose you? Because the chat's saying we lost Rob. Oh. So who lost who? I, I don't know. I, got, I, I, I don't know. You went, you I know. went by by for a second. I don't know. Well, I know you froze on my screen for a second. Maybe so it was on my out. yeah. Maybe maybe it was on my end. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. See, see tone uh, tone said it's me. Out. It yeah. was me. Yep. See, uh, you tried to blame me, and it was you all the time. See? <laughs> I said you know I, I don't know. <laughs> We're starting out a whole new month here. Oh my god! Uh, uh, me for stuff. Back to the Eagles, as somebody uh, once famously said. Uh, <laughs> so they uh, they end up winning their four zero, and as we mentioned a little bit earlier, I think the interesting stat here, you know what as we were all kind of concerned about how they would bounce back after losing the Super Bowl was uh, first team since the 98 Packers to lose the Super Bowl and begin the season four and oh, so that that's encouraging. You take solace in that it's yep. also the seventh time in team history. They've gone four and oh, and two of those times, at least they've gotten to a Super Bowl. So they're the good things. And we, we kind of ran through the positives and the negatives. The positives are you got Jalen hurts going in the passing game. Um, Hassan Reddick finally got his first sack of the season, but tons to clean up, a lot to clean up after that game. You know, and they've, you know, you look at it, Derek. So here's what they have coming up. So I, I would say they haven't really played what I would consider a good team yet. Uh, I, you know, Tampa's had off to a nice start. Wait, Tampa's, Tampa's three and one. So maybe you can make an argument for Tampa, but I, I, I don't, we'll see how that shakes out. But um, the next two weeks are going to be interesting because. You know, the Rams aren't great, but they're better than we thought. And and yeah. maybe if Zach Wilson got a little confidence last night, that Jets game, considering their defense, could be interesting on, on, on the following week after that, too. That's what they have I coming think, up the next two weeks. I think the Jets defense will present their biggest test up to that point in terms of where they are as an offense. Um, I don't know, you know, if Zach Wilson can will that offense to come close to doing what it almost did last night, you know, that was a one game sample. Now, 
if he can build upon that, that's going to take a lot of heat off the Jets organization, a lot of frustration off of that Jets organization. But let's see, because uh, now Zach has to do it again next week. Um, I think the Rams game is going to be very interesting. I'm waiting to see the creativity from a Sean McVay. I'm really intrigued to see this, this Paku Nakoa. I want to see yep. this kid. I've heard, I've heard so much about him coming out of the gate. 39 catches over 500 yards receiving. Three of his four games, three of his four games, he's been over a hundred yards receiving. I'm gonna see this kid, Nicoa. And and of course, if it's Cooper Cup's coming out game, that's even more trouble for his Eagle secondary. That Jamal. is the man. Ooh. And, and Higby and and yeah. and Tutu Atwell. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, so I'm, yep. I'm, that's gonna be an interesting matchup as well. So yeah, uh, yep. yes. Uh the, the road to get back to where you want to get to as an Eagles team uh, has a lot of twists and turns in it. So far, they have been navigating the road extremely well. But, Rob, I brought a stat up this summer, and I will continue to bring it up periodically throughout this season. There's a reason why the Minnesota Vikings of 74-75 were the last NFC team to lose a Super Bowl and get get back-to-back-to-back to back to back Super Bowls. Yeah. Yep, there's no joke. Because yeah. it's it's Hard the journey is so difficult, and especially yep. not an expanded format. It's a 17-game format, you know. Yeah, Um so it's going to be interesting to see how the team navigates the waters for the duration of a season. All right. We got to wrap my man. And remember noon tomorrow, South Palantonio. Thanks to uh, tone to shields tone. Great job. Always man. Thank you for producing the program. Appreciate you. Thanks to everybody in the chat. You, got, you guys are the best. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. And again, just a reminder and we just, let's all adjust our, cause Derek and I are doing it too. We're now 11 a to 2 p 11 a.m to 2 p.m so we just just moved ourselves up an hour that's all and uh, i would do my best to come close to being on time on a regular basis i trust you uh, all right don't even trust me <laughs> you don't trust yourself all right so uh that'll do it for us don't go anywhere you have the national football show uh coming your way uh with dan Silio. so dan will, will rock you for the next four hours and we're looking forward to hanging out with you guys tomorrow for derek i'm rob Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Day. place where black is the main character where we dive into something new like the latest season of them the scare and the award-winning american fiction or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend bob marley one love and add on channels like paramount plus and stars to bask in nostalgia with beverly hills cop and bmf explore prime videos culture rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits restrictions apply see amazon.com amazon prime for details
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.